G'day, it is the coach here, and we are talking all things Disciples of Zench. Uh, I am joined by special guest, friend of the channel, uh, someone who's done really well in third edition so far. And I'm going to pick his brains to find out how, what, what's the secret sauce and what's the magic that Caleb Walters is finding in the Disciples of Zench. And I know you did really well. You went four and one at Summer Slaughter, which was a hundred, well, just under a hundred players. So yeah, we'll call it a hundred player event. But hello, welcome. And uh, let's talk about Disciples of Zench. There we go. What would you like to know? Well, first off, who are you and what got you into the changer of ways? Well, so I'm Caleb Walters. Um, you know, I live in the United States, uh, mostly on the East Coast. Of course, I've played a lot of tournaments. Um, been playing since seventh edition. You know, old school fantasy. Been playing since I'm 18. I'm 36 now. You know, <laughs> married now with three kids, jobs, the whole nine yards. And uh, it's actually a funny story. You know, why I've been playing with each so much. I mean, first of all, I love the army. You know, it's being able to you know cast so many spells and to throw your opponent off, um, it's just been amazing. But really what it is, is when I first started playing, I bought the old school Metal Lord of Change. And I'm bringing it from, you know, Maryland to the actual Battle Bunker in Glen Burnie. I don't know if you've ever uh, had a chance to go to some of the old Games Workshop bunkers. And it's huge, awesome, tons of tables, big tournaments. You know, it was amazing. And I remember I brought my model outside. And it was like one of those to Toy Story moments where, yeah, yeah exactly. It was one of those Toy Story moments where... Um, I left it on top of my car. I literally left the whole my fifty dollar model, and I don't. Ha I didn't make a lot of money back then, so it was just crazy. And uh, I'm driving damn near three or four miles, and I look at my rearview mirror, and there's the Lord of Change with this metal hook hooked on the side of my uh, trunk. And I'm turning the corner, going from Route One to to One Ninety Five, and I'm like, "Oh my God, <laughs> that's my model!" So I pulled over, grab it, and ever since then, that's just been my main, you know, my main demon army since seventh, you know. And uh, I've been playing it ever since, from seventh to eighth, the end times to AOS one, two, three. You know, it's a uh, it's been a journey. It's been a lot of fun. Well, well, it's interesting because already the chat's talking about how they want to learn about, you know, vo avoiding Lumineth and just like some of the, the magic ma magic meta because probably one of the few people who can go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I've been playing Zench since, like, much like you. Um, I have an old collection, as I showed you, my old Lord of Change, and you compare yep. the old Lord of Change to the new Lord of Change and even the Lord of Change before that, yep. and it's just chalk and cheese how much there's been a glow-up. I mean, not not nearly as bad as Nagash. You look at old Nagash, and boy, oh boy, that is a glow up. But yeah. I've got like you know metal metal pinks and screamers, and I remember when when brimstones came in, it was just like blew my mind. I'm like, all right, I need to go so buy more demons. But I've always been a big fan. Like I always talk to people, and they're like you know what what chaos god do I love? And I've always fell in line with either the Changer of Ways or or Slanesh, and. Um, I don't know. There's just something about Zinch, and I love magic. I love the army. It's just a lot of color, a lot of fun. The pink horrors, especially like the old pink horrors, you know, they're pointing their fingers up. They've got, you know, the musician is like literally a drum, and, you know, it's just and like I think the champion had like uh, antler ears. Like it's just yep. a lot of fun, and I really enjoyed the army. And it's been great because they've always been competitive since really. There's always been a competitive build with Zench, whether it is the demon side, it kind of went to mortals for a while. It went back to demons. You know, we went through a time of it, it was pink horrors, then flame has become really good. Mm -hmm. You had your acolytes with your shield. So 
it, it always seems like you've got a really robust kind of competitive way. And I guess in today's show, we're going to talk much like the other shows. How are you, Caleb, finding the army in third edition? Has there been any sleeper units that used to be hot garbage? Now they're really good. Things that were almost like auto include in the last book that now you're like, oh, maybe you can work from home for a little bit. And, you know, just we'll go through some of your list because the, the Summer Slaughter list has been changed with an FAQ. And I know you've got an upcoming tournament. I think you've got the, the Warhammer Open. So we'll we'll do a sneak peek to where your current list is looking like at the moment um, with, with, with Zench. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I guess you can actually start as, as early as when the Zeech book first came out with the two big turkeys, the brand new $140 models. I remember I went to, yeah, I went to Adepticon and I had two turkeys. Um, I had Karos Lord of Change. I had 18 Skyfires, you know, uh, tons of Marauders for battle. I had every caster on a man. And I'm like, this is amazing. And I, I got lucky. I won Adepticon. Um, and I got the pleasure of playing Tom. It was just an amazing time. And then every book ever since then has either nerfed the, the stuff all the way down to at this point. I'm, I have three Skyfires instead of 18. I still have my two Lords. Um, but definitely things have changed since then. Um, with the new General's Handbook 3, you know, what I've really noticed... Um, you know, of course, when it first came out, the sticker shot of points. I'm like, holy crap, all my models went up astronomically, way more than I saw other armies go up. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, how am I going to build a list? You know, uh, and what am I going to do? And, and so to, I just I just started reading the book, started reading, you know, everything I saw. Cogs, I'm like, well, that's broken. Okay, that's awesome. That's included. Uh, then I started, I, I don't want to, I saw people winning with Archeon at the time, and I was like, he's amazing, but I don't want to go that route. You know, I love the spell casting. And then I saw I can cast 21 flipping spells a turn. I'm like, with this... old cogs. With, 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 oh, with yeah, with cogs, cogs, right? Yeah. Not, not, with, it, not, with, not with cogs today. Not with cogs now, but when Summer Slaughter was here, and that, I guess that's what we're going to talk about the list, um, 21 spells. I'm, I'm putting a 10 pink core unit every turn. Uh, I'm re-rolling all my casting spells. So but back to the, the point. So Screamers. Holy crap. I would never touch them in AOS 2, AOS 1. wouldn't even look at them. I actually sold on my Screamers. I was like, you know what? These are just a waste of plastics. Gave them away. I, ke I kept my Screamers because I was using some shenanigans with um, Change Host, where I'd be able to use the Screamers to fly up and then switch them around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then I have a big block of Flamers in range. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, there's, there's been times where I remember when Flamers were hot garbage. People weren't yeah. talking Flamers. You got the new book and all of a sudden mm -hmm. it was just Exalted Flamer with all the Flamers just burninating the peasants. It was madness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes with one of the things I wanted to talk about is I feel like Games Workshop is having a hard time with each. They don't know where to draw the line on points or rules or the change host and teleporting. And it, it's just been kind of crazy. And But, you know, back to the three the three talk, you know, with everything becoming monsters and certain certain families of mine, like Host Arcanum, where one of my uh, command traits gives me a free unit of six, you know, at the start of the hero phase or in the hero phase, not even at the start. And I can summon them 12 inches up, then move them, then charge and still use a command ability that makes the minus one rend. I can activate one of my hidden agendas, which we can talk about, which if I make a nine inch charge where you can't even flee or, you know, redeploy, I can guarantee a nine inch charge and get plus one to all my attacks. Right, and it's just monstrous against these big giants or any type of monster, making screamers almost in like almost an auto include, and with them also stopping fold the reality with whores. Now you can fold the reality on a unit of nine, you know, screamers. 
double reinforcing battle line with host arcanum it's it's becoming a different way of looking at specific units you know in addition with the shorter board edge with aos3 some units that i wouldn't really be able to shoot in turn one like the um Karalek acolytes they couldn't shoot turn one well now they can right so now they became you know worth that extra 25 points you know that actually they, they cost and so there's certain things with magic and spells that with the shorter board edge has just made you know aos3 in terms of my units a little bit more viable um you know so i mean in terms of the units there's, there's just so much i mean i can talk you know for hours about them no it's good um, no it's good because like already the chat's even saying you know where do acolytes fall because there was this window of time when acolytes became quite good and even like um zangor like you saw some zangor lists running around for a, a small period of time I remember being at a tournament. I remember, I think it was a 2,500 point tournament where my opponent had 27 Skyfires. And I'll never forget the day that my Carmine Dragon killed 15 in one single combat. It was the, yeah. the greatest thing since sliced bread, in my opinion. But it was at one of, the, one of the most fun games I've ever had. But you're right. Like, Zench has always kind of been this really weird one, right? Because it's, it seems like it's taken them six years to get pink horrors in a spot where like everyone doesn't feel like they're oppressive. And I don't know how you feel, Caleb, but just from my side of view, I kind of feel like pink horrors are in a good spot. I think they're not yeah. too oppressive. They're, they're good in their rules. You still want to take them if you, if you like your pinks, but they haven't been nerfed to like high heaven. Correct. I mean, you know, to, if we're going to talk about horrors for a second, I would say going from, you know, AOS one, two to three, yeah, you're absolutely right. Whores have been a thorn and not only the negative play experience for everyone, you know, also tournament organizers, not knowing how mm -hmm. to rule, you know, certain things about whores has made it difficult. And even for me, trying to build a list, which I built in Summer Slaughter to have whores, not knowing fully how they're going to incorporate and work, it's it's been tough. And I would say now with the new whores, the negative play experience is over, right? Yeah. Now, I will say I played a tournament like literally two days after they came with the FAQ with the new stuff and i thought whores were amazing i mean i took i summoned a unit 10 blues they had to do 19 wounds and i still passed my battle shock because after you kill the first 10 blues i well they didn't slay because they're not actually slain only when they started going into the brims did they count as being slain and i have leadership 10 so i lost nine of them plus a, a, a little cheating dice that you get with zeech and i'm like it's a one i pass and i got one guy left and then i can retreat him throw him on top of an objective and you just got to deal with them on turn three four five and you're not dealing with my other stuff it's it's, it's like do, do i deal with one brimstone like do i no. do i do i put all of my magic or my shooting or do i have to put yeah. them resources into this, or do i just ignore it and it ties Correct. you up it pins you it goes for the objective 100 you know and it's uh, i think the horrors are you know, it, it removes the negative play experience, but at the exact same time, I feel like it's still amazing, like you said. You know, I, I do feel like it's nothing burger when it comes to their other ability, the vengeance of the mortal wounds, unless they make the points cost with the new, you know, Zeech book that might come out a lot less expensive to where you can, like, take a double reinforced blue unit, like a 30-man blue unit, make them vengeance, and you can heal them because they're not actually splitting and splitting again. And now you have a unit that's going to create mortal wounds back against them at a low points cost, depending on what they cost them with healing and mortal wounds back. So I can see some play if they, depending on the points of blues and brims, but right yeah, now. Never, there's never been a good incentive where I've gone, right, I'm not going to split and split again. Like it always yeah. feels like, like as cool as doing a bunch of mortal wounds would be, they're a great tar pit. You know, they don't do, a, they don't do huge amounts of damage. They do chip damage, you know, through spells and through shooting and through combat, but like, 
I'd rather just tar pick you up with a whole bunch of wounds, really high bravery and splitting, splitting again, as opposed to, you know, my damage dealers are coming from those, those magic casters and other, other models in the army. But um, yeah, I, I think pink pinks are feeling a lot better. And I think you'll mm -hmm. find that as if you haven't played with pinks just yet, when you go to a tournament, I think people are like, Oh, they're not so bad. So yeah. I think it's probably good for, for everyone. Right. The minute you see pinks yeah. in the old game, you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, no, and I played with the new pinks in the tournament. Um, I got first place again on that tournament too, and I did get a single complaint, a single frustration, a single anything. When they played them, they were like, "All right, well, you can't heal them," and I'm like, "No, I can't heal them, but I don't take battle shocks, you know, up until you get to my brims." And and they were like, "That sounds great," you know, and and it was very easy, and nobody argued, nobody got frustrated, and I love that. It was unlike you know Summer Slaughter where there was some frustration I saw on different tables that were playing Zeech, um, you know, because the rules are were at that point not as super clear you know yeah yeah i, I played against the game um and i, I don't want to, this is not the pink show so we'll, we'll move off pinks in a second but i know you know from some of my recent third edition experience you throw in life swarm you throw in rally you throw in i, I was playing bellacore at the time and bellacore then brought up some more models and it's like <laughs> Fold the reality. The Don't forget. This is, yeah, Don't yeah, forget yeah fold the fold reality. reality. It was just like, yeah. this is the worst. Like, <laughs> like, I can't. And because the board is smaller, and this is kind of where I want to transition to, the board's smaller, so it means mm -hmm. the, the – the pink horrors can really spread out a lot. Um, and it was really hard to kind of avoid because there's only, there's less objectives. So moving this to third edition, how have you found these changes, you know, the board size? And you've already talked a little bit about, um, you know, your acolytes being in range, but how have you found the board size, the less objectives? Uh, well, we'll, talk, we'll start there, right? How have you found that for, for your army? Uh, Spellcasters so, more in range, more unbinds? Correct. So just kind of explain it like that. So the shorter board edge is, is a good and a bad thing, you know? So it's good that, well, one, if you wanted to buy a table, it's, it's easier to put in your house. We'll start there. It's more accessible in people's homes. Uh, number one, in terms of actually playing the game, it's allowed units like, um, you know, my brother plays a piggy Gordrak list, get you turn one very simply, very easy. Um, even when they eliminated some of the battalions, that free nine-inch move with another nine-inch move, they're on top of you. So it's a lot of those alpha strike armies to get to you quickly. In addition to my army, you know, depending on the family I take, like if I take Host Arcanum, one of my uh, command traits or um, artifacts, whatever, allows D3 flying units to have a pre-game move. So if I'm playing you and, um, and I know that I'm going to go first because I'm a four drop, I can position my big turkeys up on the board edge because you maybe are playing battle regiment and you play some things that are key to you to keep alive. And I can just do a free six inch move and cast 21, you know, spells at you. And then all of a sudden you're taking six mortal wounds, nine, you know, it's just, it's nonstop, but I killed you. Then I summon, you know, X, Y, Z in front of you. And with the shorter board edge with the acolytes, like we mentioned earlier, it could become quite devastating depending on if you're playing a shooting army, alpha strike army, a magic army, um, it's a lot more combat quicker. Uh, some of the negative parts you can say, though, is there's less pace, places to move. You know, you can't spread out as much. You can't be as tactical in the sense of, you know, fleeing and trying to move around other people's armies. Um, you know, it, yeah. it became a little bit more difficult there. Um, but at the same time, it's just more combat and faster. You know, so I actually personally think it's a great thing. Um, you know, it, it means you're in combat quicker. The games can go quicker. Um, you know, it's, it's, an, it's, it's, it's great, you know, overall. I'm, I'm finding, um, I'm finding a lot of armies right now are building, uh, in what, you know, terminology people might, might know is death stars or a bubble. And, you know, in the past, 
you have scenarios that would have five, six, eight objectives. Now, not only are you fighting for less objectives, but also the value of each objective being one, two or more compared to some of the other ones where, you know, having a lot of objectives used to be worth a lot more. And you are noticing that people are kind of concentrating their forces into one or two bubbles or, you know, two real, real attacking forces, which really plays to your strength because you wouldn't often have, you know, like a solo hero that, you know, YOLOs up the board. You're running up with screens, double screens, trying to protect those 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 wizards and the fact that you've got a, a wizard grand strategy which really works nicely for you you know there's less space to kind of you know you can really impact whatever you want on the board there's just a lot of good things for Zench. And i think it's probably why you're continuing to thrive where some other armies are certainly struggling a little bit in the transition to third yeah and i mean it, it stems back from the way the book was written um if you look the way the book was written you first have you know cheating dice you know, where I can pretty much do whatever the hell I want. You know, you can hit me with really strong things and I can save myself. Then I have, you know, agendas, which I don't think any other army has, where I can take my basic war scrolls and make them better depending on the situation, almost like a Swiss army knife. I have all these different families and they're actually all pretty good in their own way. And so depending on the meta, it might be the, you know, conflagration of minus one rend because there's less rend stacking or, or save stacking if they get rid of the stacking. And, or it might be, you can't flee from me. And I'm going to sit a model that's barely touching you on one side and you have a unit of 30 models and, okay, have three models to hit my unit of, you know, 10 pinks. You know, or you have, of course, the host Arcanum where you're playing maybe Archeon. You want that free six inch move that, guaranteed 12 or 13 inch move and then of course the guaranteed cheating dice move that you can't change um zich has such a swiss army knife approach to everything no matter what the game does unless they change my book it seems as though i have an answer for it you know yeah just have to yeah, change you, the list and you know the, the great thing as well with with zinch is you've got access to the coalition units so even if you do need access to something a bit more combaty, because that's probably one of being one of your biggest weaknesses you're just not that good in combat so if you mm -hmm. find yourself in a combat meta you know you don't really have the tools and this is probably why pink horrors became really good because we did get into at one point run up the board smash each other in the face and whoever's stronger wins then you yeah. just had to get that tar pit and just like magic 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 out that mm -hmm. you've got the coalition force being able to tap into it was it two of every four can be slaves one, and in every one of every four, four can be beasts of chaos a, yeah and that's another thing you mentioned right there that i forgot to say by when at first glance at the book, you're like, okay, what's going to happen? But then you see, like, I can take Beast of Chaos, and they gain those each keyword, and I'm like, holy crap! I just have, I now have two books because any model in their book, I, one out of four units can be Zeech, and if they're going to come out with a brand new Beast of Chaos book, I'm like, here comes a brand new Zeech book. You know what am I going to do? You know, uh, and again, welcome to Cities of Sigma. Yeah, welcome like, to Cities of Sigma. It's <laughs> like I, I got I, a Stormcast is like I have a dragon now. Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, I think it's great, you know, and, and so I'm in the coalitions, right. And the, but that does bring me back to the point where some of the things I don't like though, um, about the new book is the coalition. Cause I used to be able to take, you know, marauders. I have a little candy cane shield guys, the whole nine, and I have a bunch of them in it. Now they're not battle line. So I lost that battle line option. You know, I lost the chaos warrior battle line option. So I lost a lot of battle line options to change the way I want to play the game. And so what I'm noticing in most tournaments, if you talk about just the Zeech book, not like Slaves of Darkness book or anything, just Zeech, it seems on the competitive scale, it's either mass casting or Archeon. 
uh, you don't see as much of the host um, conflagration of the minus one rend. You don't notice um, some of the other the other two families were loading the Lord of Change or, of course, the Zangor builds. You don't notice those. And so I feel like Games Workshop's kind of pigeonholed us super competitive players into two types of lists when you're talking about just the Zeech book. And unfortunately, you know, they made the casting one a little bit weaker with Cogs. And they made the Archeon a little bit weaker with removing the, you know, re-roll your sixes to hit. Um, so they've done something. Um, but again, it still kind of pigeonholed us into a specific kind of build structure with less options to call battle line, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm certainly feeling that in some of my other armies. Like I've been trying, I've been trying to push shit uphill with witch elves compared to the bow snakes. I'm like, I'm gonna not play bow snakes. I haven't been playing bow snakes, and I I push it uphill. I'm like, that's it. I'm getting bow snakes because like amazing. the the, the, the they're, they're well, they're amazing, but also because and this will kind of lead into third is that the rend i've only got like rend one really at best with mm -hmm. witch elves right and it's like not consistent so in this hero hammer meta that we're currently in and it's kind and i've, I've talked about this on a few other shows is that it feels like you're either settling into a heavy shooting meta or you, you, you're, you're falling into a hero hammer meta where people are throwing in archeon marathi alariel gotrek um, you know, insert hero here. There's just all these, you know, the mega heroes are are really dominating because they've got two up armor saves or three up with, you know, um, uh, or, you know, Mystic Shield or all at defense. You know, they just got monstrous rampages, uh, heroic actions. They're just so strong. And because you, you don't have to spread out your force nearly as much as you used to, in the old days, someone throws out an Archeon. I'm like, cool, I'll just go kill the rest of your army and I'll mm -hmm. score five objectives and you hold one. Whoop-de-doo. Mm -hmm. Now he can sit in the middle of the board and just absolutely, you know, kind of dominate and not really stretch, which is probably why these mega heroes are really kind of taking over right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, the mega heroes are uh, taking over. But when we talk about like the actual game itself on a tournament scale, like the way I look at my list itself, um, I feel the meta is, yeah, there's a lot of shooting in the meta, but I feel like the close combat armies are destroying the shooting. You know, the, the first turn charge armies are just bulldozing through the shooting armies, which as long as you get a lucky like match one or match two as me, I'm going to end up playing a close combat army on turn three, four, five, which is what I excel at. And I don't excel on shooting armies. So Zeech, if you can duck the first two shooting armies, you're you're doing you're doing some good stuff, you know, because you're you're gonna you're gonna go really high at that point because you'll just destroy giants and you know the uh, Marathi, you know, and uh, and Gortrak. Just put a shackles in the middle of him. And he, yeah. he he can't do anything, you know. And so um, you're right, though. It's it's become these big monsters. Um, I personally think it's great. Um, because they weren't that effective before. I, I like the fact that people get to play with their toys. You know, yeah, you couldn't play with AOS 2, but now in AOS 3, have at it. You know, this is great. And maybe next next year when the we go to the next realm, it'll be about something else. And that's exciting. You know, we get to keep building and playing. Yeah. Who knows? And, uh, who knows even like how long we're even. And I've said this in a few videos in the past where I've said, who knows how long we're in this pack for? Because when I've looked at the Stormcast book and I've looked at the Auric War Clans book, mm -hmm. I'm looking at these grand strategies going, eh, eh, mm -hmm. who cares? Because I'm looking at this with General's Handbook 2021. Yeah. But what happens if it's what happens if the next battle pack is not GBH 22, but actually the the six-month Christmas release, like we normally get the FAQ? What if if it's another drop there? Like yeah. so 
I think it's probably where you guys really are good at adapting. And maybe just to call out for people who um, haven't caught this just yet, because of the high armor saves right now, you've got the mortal wounds to be able to handle that and really yeah. keep them honest. So for me, again, another reason why you're doing really in the scene is you can do the damage and you've got the strong casting to cut through and make it consistent. While the armies that I play really only get like a plus one. I come up against you. I come up against Teclas. I come up mm -hmm. against some of these other, you know, more heavy magic armies. I'm not getting my spells off. So I've, I've, you know, I'm running out of tools. No, I, it, it's one of those things to where I, I, when I build a list, whether, cause I built a multiple crystal gore, I have a flesh eater quartz army in there. I got an OBR army there. I got a, orc army and um i want adepticon with a goblet army but you know, it's uh it's i love it's your about... humble flexes by the way you're like oh yeah i just want this event oh yeah i want adepticon but it's whatever it's a it's about um leaning into something right so like with zeech i lean into casting with orcs with the new i just read the um part of the orc book where you know after one of the families i forgot the name of it they can not only charge if they annihilate the unit they get to do another charge move oh and you, you I, the gorg runners Oh my God. I'm just, I'm reading that. I'm just like, Whoa, Holy crap. Like that's, you know, and that's going to change the meta because once that hits the front line and destroys these people who are playing these min max, like I am, I'm playing this, you know, 10 man units of Archolites and they're going to blow through them and then hit my casters. Now again, I'll, I'll be able to cast and then retreat, but he's still there. Or you'll talk about the new, um, uh, what's the, the new boys, the, um, the are cruel, you cruel the boys. boys? Yeah. The cruel boys where they could, you know, do multiple things, whether it's saying, Hey, Caleb, you can't see this unit. And I'm like, oh, I can't shoot your nine shot set, and all my magic needs to see you to to do damage to you, and you can just move up the table and annihilate me. Um, so it's really going to change, you know, a lot of the way the game's played, and I love that, you know. And I hopefully all the books will get some, you know, type of mechanisms to deal with different armies. I'm really worried about the cruel boys in particular, and I know I'm all, I'm all this is kind of alluding into into your army is that some of these long range monster hunting the the killer bows they can do a lot of damage and they can do up to 12 damage oh, yes. per shot. Love it. And, and you then throw into like extend the range of three. Mm -hmm. We talk at the monster meta right now, they're going to start keeping monsters honest, especially mm -hmm. like, you know, terror geists and like, there's a lot of things you can possibly. And I think for you, Lords no. of change being a monster with not the best armor save, mm -hmm. I do. I worry a little bit about about what cruel boys could do to you because they roll a dice. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like when they wound, the damage characteristic is you roll one dice for every mm -hmm. wound that you have. So, if you got twelve yep. wounds, you roll twelve dice on a five up. It's one damage plus two. So, like mm -hmm. there's a two plus one for every five. Correct. So, each shot, if it's a nine person unit, that could be that could kill a bin chicken in one shooting phase easily. Two probably could mm -hmm. kill two. Yep. And I, I just, and I bought, um, I just spent like 600 bucks on the army. I bought five dominion boxes. They're sitting in my warehouse and I got a whole bunch of stuff coming for the cruel boys, uh, that I'm building. I got four of those bolt throwers and 15 of the shooters. Cause that's what it's all about. Cause I believe you've roll a six that just, just does flat 12 mortal wounds because and it I goes to the highest down to a five. I think you bring it to a five with feminine. I don't know if venom across the weapons is a, is, is range as well, but you can okay. bring it down in some things. Yeah. It's just, it's, the amount of shots you can do and just with the mortal wounds of the new cruel boys, I'm excited because I'm going to build it and it's just going to add to the arsenal of, of just trying out different stuff, but it's going to keep monsters honest hundred percent. Like you said, it's going to make it to where people rethink what they're going to build. Uh, I would say the most important part of what 
you should do against people who are playing the new stuff, though, is really think about their ranges. So if you have a range of the big bow and it's 24 inches and they get a free, you know, three inch move, 27 inches, well, you better damn well be past that 27 inch line on turn one. And with me, you know, you could do something where it's like, you know, you do your spell portal, do an instant six wounds to one of the shock bows, kill it because it only has five wounds, put the spawn of chaos next to it, charge the spawn, you know, into the next shock bow, and you at least tied up two of their possible four that they can have. And then, of course, you can maneuver in such a way to try to maneuver outside while you're summoning stuff on the actual objectives. So when you play against these new armies, it's just about keeping your opponent honest with their ranges and their abilities and trying to, of course, score as many objectives as possible, you know, but they have so many tools and I'm looking forward to it. And you know what, like, you know, Christopher talked about, you know, having Bellacore in, in Zench, you know, this could be a really good use to bring in Bellacore, especially if you, you know, if Cruel Boys really do pick up in the meta and they start picking off, you know, things like your Lord of Change, because I think well, who was, you know, Jonathan asked, you know, do you think we'll see less Lords of Change if you start doing, seeing like the, the Cruel Boys with their bows? I think the answer is still no. I think the Lord of Change or Kairos is still vital, uh, whether, you know, it's Cruel Boys or not. But I think the tools, what you said, whether it's going to be getting those chaos spawns, getting the free move, if you can bring something in from reserve, um, things that can kind of suck up, unleash hell and get to them early, like the screamers you talked earlier about mm -hmm. re-looking at screamers. I think um, the traditional Lords of Change pink horror spam might not be the most viable when you start coming up top table against some of these um, these armies that can kind of un 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 unlatch that really quickly. Correct. Correct. I mean, it's it will one hundred percent change the way you play, you know, and uh, and that. But that's what's exciting about all of this. When they come out the new books, it's it's about adapting and changing and trying new things and not being afraid of failing. I mean, that's the only way I learn. I I lose. I mean, when I first started playing, I played against a buddy of mine. I lost damn near thirty games against him. It was ridiculous. And every time I played him again, it just got a little bit better and better and better. And, um, you know, and that's what's going to happen again. We're going to play with these new armies and they're going to destroy us. And uh, whether it's the dragons, because they're freaking off the table, they're awesome too. And I can't wait. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing those bad boys on the table with anti-magic uh, with the uh, dragons. And of course, the new Slaves of Darkness, each anti-magic. And how am I going to adapt to those types of lists, whether I bring in Bellacor? Right. Or, you know, or whatever I do to to accommodate uh, these lists. Um, it, that's what's I love it. man. it's it's enjoyable. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Talking about your treating dice, your uh, your destiny dice. How do yep. you how do you use them? Like, is there any particular obviously it changes in every situation, but are there any particular numbers that you really look forward to or things that when you have them, you almost like reserve them for these particular situations? So, it, it, like you mentioned, it really depends on who you're playing against, right? So, if I'm playing against somebody who I really, I'm looking at their army and I'm like, holy shit, like, excuse my language, I, I need to kill these models um, before they get to play and I can go first, then I might reserve the sixes for my Skyfires. I'm like, these three sixes are to kill that five wound character. And then my, you know, Karos is going to use his six flat mortal wounds to kill that character. And I'm going to place that spawn within three inches of that unit of 30, you know, which else, but I'm going to place it just within one inch. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to place it within three inches of the model, but only that one model will be able to hit you. If it decides to pile into me to where I tap that entire unit and you can't flee because I'm playing host duplicitous. And so now I kill two characters, tied up your best unit and shot at, um, you know, so it just all depends on how you play, but sixes, I could say for, you know, my sky fires, I do save some of my, if I'm playing against like, uh, 
Nagash, I might save my sixes to where I've, I've done this before where Nagash will ca cast his, um, um, he'll do this whole spell portal and I'll let the spell portal go. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, fine with spell portal. He'll put it right next to my Lord of Change or Karos and I'll let it go. And then he'll roll his dice and he might roll like a 12 and or or lower and i'll do okay what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take my Karos one use ability and change your six to a one your spell goes off i'll use my fate dice to roll a nine for my lord to change to dispel it now i learned your spell and now i get to go next and hand it to you you get a free you know, photo so, oh totally it's it's amazing so I've, I've done stuff like that um you know it, i've saved my you know ones of course for battle shock twos are a waste um, you know, twos, you could just, whatever, twos are the worst, but five, sixes, anything nine is good because of your agendas. If you make a nine inch charge outside of a nine inches way, you get plus one to all your attack profiles. So something like the Lord of Change where, you know, he has the Bellwind sword with two attacks. Now all of his attacks are three attacks. You can do the arcane transformation, give it four attacks. You can make him his best day ever with plus one to wound. You can give him, you know, plus one attack when he goes in or plus one to hit when he goes in. And now he's a beat stick that can cast two with a five up, de um, you know, destiny armor save. And now he's killing you from range shooting. Uh, there's just a lot, you know, and it's a combination of everything. So every, it just really depends on the situation. Sometimes I blew my whole load in the beginning because I want to keep my stuff alive, like against, uh, um, what's the faction, the dwarf army that can shoot, and they're trying to kill my Lord of Change or Carol's turn one. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, I'm like, KO. all your big shots are two or three damage, or I'm going to save the big shots. Oh, you hit with four of them? Okay. Are all four saved? Do your little shots? Okay, I have to take 10 wounds. Okay, I'm still alive. I'll heal D3, and now I'll shoot and kill you. Right, so I've blown my load to save myself in the beginning. I've kept it. It just depends on the situation. Um, you just got to really look at your opponent's army and decide what you need to do, whether you're going to go first or second, and how you're going to play this game. I feel like I feel like, especially if we're going into more of a shooting meta right now, uh, and we already we already were in 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 um, a shooting meta. I think it's just we're moving into with more tools where there's going to be you know a, a, a popular stormcast coming out that could be kind of dropped off with stormcast for a while. If it doesn't go the the, the, the dragon route, I think you're definitely going to see things like um, the other shooters, not your castigators, but things like you know your your long strikes and things just coming down, just popping. And if it's not them, there's going to be a whole bunch of shooting to kind of handle these heroes because they just can't kill the the mega heroes in combat so i always feel like and i know the list that we're going to show you know, show off very soon you want to go low drops and the mm -hmm. you know the 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 incentive to get extra spells from the spell law is very tempting but i feel like going into that unified is going to be critical otherwise you're just going to get shot off the board or hero hammered off the board um that's my interpretation yeah. anyway yeah, so it all comes down to, you know, what unit is doing what. So if you have a unit of those, uh, the guys that drop, I forgot the big Terminator armor, I forgot the name of like the Stormcast. Um, you're the Annihilators? Yeah, so I'll spread out my my core really far out, perfectly measuring with one inch of two models as I'm playing to get him as far as I possibly can, making sure all my heroes are outside of range of him doing his abilities. So I just measure. I'm like, you, have this, it's, you can go up to seven inches away from me because you have that character. Your ability allows you to go up to 12, if I'm not mistaken. My characters will be behind that line, right? Turn one. And if I know I'm a lower drop than you, then I'm going to let you go first. So that way you have to make that decision on what you're going to do because all of your shooting and magic and dropping is outside of the range of things you want to kill. And that's why I, I didn't get a chance to say it. That's why I like Karolak Acolytes because they're enough to do something but at the same time, they're 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 not as good. So people like almost ignore them because it's it's like that fine line between being shitty and good. 
you know, and you you think about it like I really need to kill his thirteen hundred points of characters, but in order for me to do that, I got to kill this crap. Well, if I don't go next, I'm screwed. What do I do? And it makes your opponent really think about what they need to do. And depending on who you're playing, you stay outside of range. You know, it's pre-measuring season. It's it's not like it was back in seventh edition. You know, you can just pre-measure everything. Just be like, oh, you guys could do fourteen inches. I'm fifteen inches away. You know. I'll be honest, though. I wouldn't mind going back to the days where you had, where there was no pre-measuring. I was a gun. I actually played a little bit of 6th edition uh, last year, and I'm, like, measuring out my guns, and I'm like, I'm going to guess. And I was, like, pinpoint nailing my yep. guesses. Because back in the day, folks, you actually, when you declared a charge, and, you, and that happened before the movement, um, you, would have, you would declare at a particular unit. So if you failed the charge at that certain unit, you couldn't reroute and go somewhere else. So it made the, the charge phase very interesting. Um, and you had to be very selective and, you know, pray to the gods. Yeah, I remember uh, it, it's, it's similar because it, just like you're saying back then, we used to have to guess. You're like, you look at the table, you're like, my model's right here on the table. I'm like, hmm, that looks like it's about 33 and a half inches. And you're just like, 33 and a half. And you put it out there, you're like, 33 and you know, three-fourths. And then you roll that one dice, the scatter dice, where yep. if you roll a one or a six, dead nuts if you're anything else it's going that way or this way or this way it was so much fun but it was all guess range and then they wanted to simplify everything and now that's here we are <laughs> pre-measure how do you find the new command abilities um you know we talked a little bit about rally um you know you've got things like redeploy and redeploy is definitely now one of my favorite command abilities and i always want to have a cp up my sleeve especially early on to do a, a, a redeploy. The amount of times that I've denied an opponent a, 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 a battle tactic, um, you know, got myself out of combat, even redeploy onto an objective to, to score it when I wasn't scoring or at least contesting, really valuable. You know, obviously got all that attack, all that defense. You've got Unleash Hell. Where are you finding value in your command? Because from memory, you don't have a lot of amazing command abilities. Like there's some good stuff, but it's not like you've got like these these must drop command abilities on your scrolls. Yeah, I mean the the only one that I like to do is the Lord of Change, uh, adding plus one to my demon casters. You know, I, I like doing that because it just it's adding on to you know the actual casting result that I'm going for. You know, and and that's always a good thing when you have so many spells. Um, when we talk about the generic command abilities. First and foremost, I love the game because it's more interactive. If we're playing each other, I no longer say, hey, I'm going to go get some Starbucks. Uh, I'll be back. Let me know what happened. No, it's I'm watching you play. I'm watching you move. I'm making decisions in the game. You know, redeploy is also my absolute favorite. I I love it. You know, and and what I notice um, when we talk about redeploy, sometimes I, I want to go backwards, like you say, and sometimes I want to go forward. I want to get closer to you because when people charge, now they have the ability of of moving around your unit to hit something else. And so I'll bring my unit closer to you, making the gap between me and you so much more to where even with your one inch or two inch range weapons, you can't hit what's what you really want to hit. And you have to hit yeah. my nothing burger uh, acolytes and I'm okay with it. You know? Um, so in terms of redeploy, I love it in terms of, um, you know, healing, for my army specifically, because I can't do it with horrors, I don't do it that often because my acolytes are kind of a, you know, eh. You know, I don't do it that much to them. And, you know, Skyfires, I only have three, so I'm not going to roll one or two dice and hope for a six. Um, I will say the pluses to hit, amazing. 
Um, you know, I really like that. I sometimes will do the stand and shoot occasionally, depending on, you know, what I'm, what, what's charging me. Um, but I like the variety and, and it's not just for my army. I like the variety for everyone's army because everyone has something that can utilize these basic command abilities. And I think it's wonderful what Games Workshop did. I, in fact, I would actually like them to expand it even more so, um, just to allow more of a Swiss army knife for armies to play with nothing crazy, you know, maybe this unit can reroll once. I know that might be a little crazy to some, you know, but it's just adding something additional, you know, it, it would be nice. Yeah. Give, give, give me, yeah. Give me, there's a few extra things I'd love, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm finding it quite good. There'd be times where like I used to be able to go to the bathroom and go, look, just move your stuff. I trust you enough that if you want to move and cheat, cool. That's, yeah. that's on, that's on your character. Yeah. Like whatever. But now, like, I'm super engaged. I want to make mm -hmm. sure that, you know, in the movement phase, if there is a redeploy, if there's an unleash hell I want to throw down, if there is going to be, like, there's so many things I could possibly do. And even just the interactivity, and I don't think this is going to affect you very much, but even things like prayer, priests now being able to unbind spells. Mm -hmm. um, because you've got such, such strong, strong magic, so it doesn't really worry. But I guess if people are going to cast more spells, then it works in your favor. Yeah, I, I personally love it when people cast spells, not just for, you know, yeah, of course I love it because I get the free, I'll call it free shit with my free casting. I just get free we, stuff. And, you che and, you, and, and you're cheating dice. I got right? cheating dice and free <laughs> shit. Let's, let's call it what it is. And I got agendas that nobody else has. This is a great army. Um, you know, I, I like it when people cast, but I also, you know, I love spells. I love the way spells interact in the game. You know, personally, I know some people don't like it. I love it because it, it spells, if you have a lot of different spells, it's a Swiss Army knife. Depending on the situation, you can change somebody's complete game plan. Priests are amazing. I'm glad they're making them stronger again um, with all the different abilities that priests can do with some of the new books that are coming out, and especially Stormcastle, seeing some of them. Amazing. You know, and, and I like it a lot. And so I'm looking forward just to added additional spell casting and added additional prayers and just the overall abilities and just more flex around the entire game system. You know, so I I couldn't be happier, you know, personally. I, I can tell. I can tell you're having a lot of fun. Um, and I and I certainly I'm having a lot of fun too. Despite I've I've actually haven't played real life third edition, um, gotcha. but I, I can't wait to to play real life. Spells. You, you're talking a lot of spells, right? You're talking yeah. heaps of spells, and obviously it's one of your big strengths. Have you found spellcasting change much at all in third? I think one big big change for me is obviously the, the mysterious terrain table has just gone back to one, mm -hmm. so it means there's more likelihood that there's going to be arcane terrain. Now, obviously that works positive, and also it kind of works against us that our opponents are going to go for it, or, um, you know, you might be, it might be, that, might be that plus one that gets them over the line. Have you found spellcasting changed much? The fact that one, obviously, the board size has shrunk. Two, you've got more arcane terrain. Three, just stuff. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of spells themselves, um, I, I will say that what cost me, uh, you know, a lot of that last tournament I played at Summer Slaughter, I went for the extra casting um, terrain. Give me plus two, and I really shouldn't have because I really didn't need to. And even my opponent at the end, we were talking, and he he said it, and I was already thinking it, and I'm like, yeah, because if I had would had my stuff more in the center of the table, my spells would be, you know, more outreaching versus on the side, and now my spells are reaching a lot less, and so that was a huge blunder on my my side where I really didn't need the spells. It wasn't like I was playing against a you know 
the croak or Nagash. I didn't really need the plus two. The plus one was perfectly fine, and a game could have definitely been a little different um, from there. So I will say that knowing that certain armies need it and certain armies don't, and not trying to maneuver your pieces in a certain way that's going to cost you more than you really want to pay, you know, just to get that extra bonus, you know, that's something we definitely need to think about when we're playing, um, especially if it takes you away from objectives or, you know, battle tactics, everything. Um, in terms of spells themselves, you know, for my army, I don't know if you want to, you know, speak on, um, you know, what I can do. Um, well, I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring up your list very, very. I'm just like setting this all up. We're setting the scene. Perfectly. We're fine. kind of getting the getting into the ideas, and like I got like one or two more burning questions, and then then I'm going to bring up your Ask list. Away. And we were going to show off Caleb's um, summer slaughter list. However, that has been FAQ'd. Obviously, there's been some updates. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to show you where the the tournament you're you're going up to pretty soon, which will be the Warhammer Open New Orleans. Um, so we'll give you a bit of a sneak peek of what he's thinking about for his next tournament. So um, that's how we'll kind of bring the show home. But because um, the other the other part with spell casting that I wanted to touch on with you, just because obviously you're such a, a spell heavy law army, is endless spells changed, and specifically the way you move predatory spells. Does that create an incentive for you to put in more predatory spells, or even things that can be moving in both the turns? um compared to what you used to have because obviously the points went up so it's, it's harder to get more of those endless spells in yeah so i mean i will say that right now i i've been my next list that i plan on really touching on with each is going to be more heavily focused on endless spells um instead of what i have now where it's like before it was like the portal like everyone took the life swarm like everyone took and um and um um cogs like everyone took they took the three depending on the army uh i really feel like some of the damage abilities have a lot of gas you know even the zeech one where it's rolling nine dice on fours against wizard doing mortal wounds you know i mean that's four to five wounds my turn and then your turn you're dead mm. next spellcaster and then i could take something like uh, i know it's a little bit expensive right now but um the um life and dark uh, geminids and oh, Gemini, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, I understand some people don't like it, but two plus can't use command abilities. You know, it, it's it could be pretty it could be pretty game changing uh, for that period of time. Or just you know, there's there's endless spells that's half your movement, and it's such a far range where it's going up twenty four inches draw a line. You're half movement, and you know, and you're stuck. And then I'm gonna put shackles in front of that. You know, and so it's there's there's so much play depending on whether it's a combat one or you know um you know stopping you from moving one it's i do feel as though endless spells are really good and a lot of people including myself haven't really digged in enough to really utilize them at the level i think they're worth i guess the challenge for you is that um because you've got coalition units probably one of the big changes from two to three was that you can't bring in Dark Fire Demon Wraith. You couldn't bring in the Bullfire Taurus. And even though you can do Coalition, uh, a great Bray Shaman, you could get in yourself a um, what's it called? What's the little the little wizards? The um, whatever. Which one? Gaunt Summoner. The Gaunt Summoner. Um, like, you know, you used to be, you know you used to be able to bring in the Gaunt Summoner that would get, yeah. get then you get access to the Dark Fire Demon Wraith. That's now no longer an uh, an option and. Yeah. Um, it does limit you a little bit, but but the war scrolls have changed, and there's a couple of good ones in there. 
Yeah, no, I my old back when uh, it was AOS two, my list was um, very similar. Except I didn't have the Lord. I had Karos, but I had the Manticore. I had um, the Corn Demon Prince to stop people from charging. I had the Darkfire Demon Rift. I had the Skyfires at a unit of six instead of three. It was very similar to what I had, and I was winning, you know, a bunch of that too. And just the Darkfire Demon Rift, I'm like, okay, that unit ten damage. That unit ten damage. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous, you know. And then I'm like, okay, into my command, into my hero phase. Um, Karos is going to dispel that bad boy uh, because I don't know who's going to go next and I don't want to die, <laughs> you yeah. know? And so it's, it, it did hurt losing the coalition units. It did hurt losing uh coalition battle line is what it hurt. Yeah, and yeah. also the coalition, you know, endless spells uh, that hurt, but the mana core, I love that model. And that's a model that even with coalition, I do tinker back and forth. And if the meta changes to where it's more about mass units, if that's what we go to, Chaos Sorcerer is going back on my list because that five up, you know, mortal wounds, six up D3 mortal wounds just nukes the unit in half every single time. And it's just amazing how strong it is. Yeah. A couple of rapid fires before the list. One, Mega Gargans, you've got, I know the answer to this. Uh, I know the answer, but I, I need to do it in case there's somebody looking to put put it in their cart. Is the War Stomper considered in your list? Or is there um, a value in a War Stomper in Zench? I think there's value in everything, but I don't see it in my competitive list. So, like, I mean, yeah, it depends we, who you're playing. Like, if we're playing competitive, no. We're talking competitive here, folks. So, okay, so okay. if you want to run a narrative, a narrative, and you you, you make a, a big, you know, pink horror of of mega gargant, and you mess it up, like obviously, do you? You're having fun. Do whatever. We're talking yeah. competitive here. We're talking tournament play. Mega gargant, probably not a great choice in zench no and the bit the big bad archaeon um where do you land kind of on him is he something that is is good something yeah. that is auto include or or depends on like what your style is i think it's it, he is amazing i i have him i just haven't built him uh i have to add lights and everything now all my stuff but um he's of course you do. <laughs> he's He's amazing. He's strong. He's versatile. But again, it's all about your flavor. You know, um, he can he can destroy games. He can destroy so much. He's even with losing his sixes to reroll. He's still with the save stacking and you know the guaranteed charges with Zeech and the six inch free move and knowing that I can kill that model no matter what you do. And you know, it's 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 game changing when you know what you can do. And you know, and in Warhammer, most armies don't know what they can do. They have to roll dice. You actually have to roll. You're like, I need to roll a three plus to win, and you don't roll it. With each, it's just, no, I got this. I, I have the fate dice. I have the cheating dice. It's going to happen, you know. And there's nothing. I don't got to worry about it, you know. So it's a very different gameplay when you're playing Zeech versus another army. Um, but yeah, he's an auto include if it's your flavor, hundred uh, um, percent. But you don't need to take him because there's so many other strong things within Zeech, um, you know. But he's he's amazing. Absolutely. I was just I was just thinking a great way to use the cheating dice, uh, as you're now calling them, is um, you're starting to see uh, in, in chaos armies, especially having the corn uh, the corn demon prince with its aura of halving your you know your moves and your charges. It's such a generous 18 inch bubble. And then what happens is they throw down a redeploy, and it basically becomes near impossible, you know, unless they're kind of the stars align. And I can see using your fate dice to be able to guarantee a charge is at least one of those counters because to get around it with with actually you know the luck of a dice roll can be near impossible just thought about that good use of yeah. the dice whether you and want to a different story 100 
it's and also you got to think about the agendas right and that's where a lot of people don't fully because they don't play zeech they don't understand and even though you explain it to somebody at the game starts they're not thinking about okay he has cheating dice he's going to summon he has agendas he and then all of a sudden you can do like host arcanum to give him an extra attack on his best profile if you're playing against something like a bigger horde unit or like maybe the dragons and you need to do more damage Right, you might want to do the reckless abandonment agenda where you make that nine inch guaranteed charge so they can't redeploy, they can't do nothing but take it, they can't, you know, shoot at you. It's it's guaranteed, and then all you get plus one to all your attack profiles. So now you got plus two on the top one, plus one on everything else. Or if you're facing against something with higher rend and you can kill a monster on turn one, then maybe you want to kill a you know, I think it's like a 12 or 12 or nine wound monster and you get plus one to your save guaranteed. So now he instantly goes to a, a two up save just because you killed a monster on turn one. And then your save stacking goes to now a one up or a zero, you know, and now it's it depending on who you're facing, what you're doing, those hidden agendas, um, you know, can definitely enhance everything that is not priced in the book for Archeon. Well, let's let, let's double down on these on this because it's probably one of the few armies that has anything like this because you're juggling, you're juggling agendas, you're juggling yep. battle tactics, you're yep. juggling obviously command points, you're juggling on command abilities. You're juggling a grand strategy. How do you find managing, like, just, you know, at, at a basic level, you know, having to achieve an agenda and to achieve a battle tactic at the same time? Because I imagine that is another layer of complexity that people wouldn't have had in the past. In order just to keep track in your brain, you need to have some type of, you know, way of remembering it, whether it's the AOS reminders or it's, you know, something that you make, you know, homemade. Um you know, that will help you out. Now, in regards to, you know, how do you juggle what you need to do? You know, that just comes down to, you know, knowing what your opponent has. You know, if if I know that I, if I take that objective from you and now I, my models count as two wounds or double, you know, double wounds um, because it took it like that. I remember the horse, uh, there's a hidden agenda where if you take an ability, your horse counts as two wounds instead of one. You know, and so if I just happen to summon a unit of whores and you don't put your model correctly on the pie plate of six inches, you know, around and you have your stuff on the edge and I summon a unit of 10 guys, you know, and, and the next turn comes along and I'm like, okay, if these guys take this objective from you, then they're going to count as two wounds instead of one. And that's one of my agendas. And so now I got 20 pink cores. And then when they multiply, I'm like, oh, you killed, you killed Tink. I got 20 blues. Now it's 40 models, you know, and so it becomes kind of cool like that. Um, so that's one uh, agenda. The other one is the reckless abandonment, where if you're outside of nine inches away from you know an, all enemy models, and you make a nine inch charge, you get plus one to all your attack profiles. Really awesome. Another one is like I mentioned with Archeon, if you kill a monster that has a certain amount of wounds, um, you know then you get plus one to your save for the rest of the game. And um, another one is if you kill a unit, you get plus one to hit. And then one that I put on my change caster, which we could talk about in my list, if you make a nine inch, excuse me, a, a nine spell twice, you get plus one to your casting. And so now you get the plus one to casting from that agenda, plus your Lord of Changes plus one to casting. And it just makes it plus two to casting. And as long as you roll a nine plus, you keep casting like a machine gun. And so I'll, I'll go over that in, in here. Yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, well, no, and then... So. And uh, we have brought up the list. So this is the this is not the summer slaughter list that went four and one. This is the uh, the new and improved FAQ'd one coming up for the war open. So as Caleb's referred to many times now, uh, the great uh, the host Arcanum is the the coven. You've gone with price sorcery, probably to the surprise of nobody. 
Um, and then you've obviously gone bloodthirsty as well. They literally, like, why on earth would you not choose like prize sorcery? Like, for your army, it's... It's, uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things where it's like an auto-include if you're playing in a tournament. If I'm playing friendly play, I'm playing something a little bit harder to gain, but, you know, this is a no-brainer. Everything's a freaking caster except for my Skyfires, and so you got to kill my entire army for me not to get my grand strategy, and if that happens, I already lost the game, so yeah, it's a free exactly three points. Right. You know, yeah, so it's a free three. Um, and I think and I think that's probably part, another thing as well. What I was going to allude to around the, the juggling of the agendas and the battle tactics is to try to find those ones that synergize really well with what you're already trying to achieve. So if there is synergy with your battle tactics and something that you want to do, whether it's pull down a monster, whether it is, you know, get into the backfield and have two two units in in their their um, deployment zone whatever it might be try to find synergies as opposed to trying to find you know i'm trying to achieve something and then something completely different as a bad you know and i'm kind of being stretched and you know you make those mistakes and that's where your opponent's going to capitalize but the list you've already mentioned uh, i've already mentioned you've got the lord of change with the amulet of destiny uh and then with the bolts of zinch you've got your kairos fate weaver i want to talk a bit more about kairos because mm -hmm. kairos has had a resurgence in 3e you didn't see him that much um, in, in, in 2E. Like, he had his time. He then kind of dropped off a little bit. And, and everyone kind of got a second bin chicken if they wanted uh, a second caster. But I want to know, like, why Kairos is kind of coming back. You've got the Blue Scribe. You've got the Herald of Zench. Uh, Scribe has Fold Reality. Um, the Change Caster has uh, Arcane Transformation. The Ogroid Thermitage. I know one of my crew, Ash McEwen, was absolutely obsessed with Oigeroid Thermitage in his Zench army. So uh, you've got that as a general, funnily enough, as Spell Hunter, Fang Circlet, and Arcane Suggestion. Uh, big fans already. People are loving the fact that you've got the Ogeroid Thermitage in there. You've got three <laughs> units of Acolytes and no a pink, not a pink horror in sight. So yep. I'm sure there'll be some sites that you'll talk about. You got your Zangor Skyfires um, of Beasts of Chaos. Interesting. And then it was... Is that new? Have they always had that? They haven't, they haven't so had that here's, title before. Here's the dilemma that they need to fix right now, and I'll, I'll talk about it right now. So one out of four of your units can be Beast of Chaos. So I'm taking the Beast of Chaos from Skyfires because they're cheaper than the Siege. Oh. Oh. So so if I was to buy this, the Zangle Skyfires mm -hmm. in a Zinch book, yeah. they're a little bit more expensive than the Beast of Yeah, they're 210, so it's 15 points cheaper. Same yeah, war scroll? Same exact war scroll. Because what happens like is, like... yeah, one out of four of your units can be Beast of Chaos, and what happens is they just gain the Zeech keyword, and so now they're in my list. They're one out of four. And so until they come out and say you have to take it from your Zeech, Zeech faction with the more expensive points, hey, they're less expensive on Beast of Chaos, so have at it. The only difference would be they wouldn't have the Disciples of Zench keyword on there, but, you, th but that's not important. You not want important the Zench keyword. You don't need yeah. Disciples of Zench. Nope, just one's each. Yeah. Yeah. Some Save good science there. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing there. I'm like, wait a second. They haven't been rebranded. Nope. Yeah, as, as, as Alexander said, that sounds sus. That's sus. <laughs> I like yeah, it. it's, definitely, it's definitely sus on GW's part, or I guess sus <laughs> on me for being a little cheeky with it. But, uh, hey, it's in the game. You know, Tiger Woods plays with his whole arsenal. He doesn't just play with a putter. Uh, uh, yeah, I love it, and the fact as well, like with uh, with the coalition as well, the what what you lose is that they just can't be battle line. They just can't be yep. battle line, and they can't be your general. So if you were to bring in something from like Slaves to Darkness, I don't know your um, your Sorcerer Lord on Manticore, cool. Yep. It just can't be your general. 
Um, if you bring in a battle line chaos warriors, they can't be battle line. They 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 can be in your they can be in a core battalion. They just can't be a battle line. Um, so interesting. You've also got your humble spell portal and your soul snare shackles, yeah. uh, and then you've got your uh, your two core battalions being the command entourage uh, magnificent, and then the battle regiment. And you've taken an extra artifact coming in as a four drop. Um, Nathan Brooks, I don't, I don't know if I, I have to have a look at this particular comment on where it's referred to. Nathan reckons that you might have to take the most expensive points. I'll need to see the source material for that. Yeah, one, I, I would love to see that because I didn't. I, if that's the case, I'll have to change a little bit, and when I definitely will. Um, but I haven't seen that yet, and I would love if you can put that in the notes so I can see it uh, where that's at. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Well, let, let's let's assume we haven't seen the notes. I don't recall it, but uh, it that's not to say that it's not somewhere bed, buried in like the million erratas. <laughs> Yeah, and I, it's funny because it's like every time there's some new errata, and then you now you have the designer notes on the side, and you're like, okay, hold on, let me see these and those, and it's becoming fun. I'm gonna hire a sherpa just to carry around the books and, into, and have like a, <laughs> like a scribe to like you know um, to, to work all the things out for me. But talk to me about like yeah, talk about you know, whether it's your hero choices, like from a having the Lord of Change and Kairos. That's a lot mm -hmm. of points going into the two, uh, and then obviously the supporting heroes, but. Um, and, and then Coach Coach is saying uh, Coach Polito was saying that it's in a community article before launch, so we'll need to. Okay. That that might just be a comment, but hey, yeah, let's just continue it. for now. Yeah. yeah. No worries. And definitely, if you can find that article, I would you know just put it in the in the notes so I can read it too. Um, but the reason, so the reason I take the Lord of Change and Karos, uh, first of all, I love the models. Uh, that's you know I love Zeech, so that's one of the main reasons I wanted to keep it all as much casting as possible. Um, the reason I take two is really because of my family. And I mentioned this earlier that, um, you know, because D3 of my units that can fly can get a free six inch move, as long as I roll a three or higher, I'm bringing both Lord of Change and Karos up together, especially if they can turn one. So that way they can do all of their spells um, uh, and, and just be devastating as much as possible before, you know, I have to decide that, you know, what I'm going to do for the game. Um, so if we talk about the Lord of Change, uh, the reason I take him. Um, number one, his spell, you know, Inferno, you know, I think it's called Infernal Gateway, where you roll nine dice and for every three plus it's a mortal wound. So on average, you're getting six. You could get a little unlucky and get five or four, or you can get extra lucky and get all nine. I've 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 seen it all within the realm. And so that many mortal wounds, uh, on average six, it's it's quite impactful when you talk about killing characters or really dampening somebody's strategy. Uh, and then from there, if I happen to move the six inches forward. Bolt is each. He's a level two caster. Another D6 mortal wounds. So it's it's not much you can really say about it, except for, you know, he has, he has the five up after save. So he has 14 wounds with a five up after save. He has a four plus uh, natural save with bravery 10 so he can heal D3. You know, um, another reason that people don't really know too much about him is he has a spell eater ability. It's not spell. Spell eater it dispels an endless spell within 18 inches. He has an ability where if he dispels a enemy spell on a nine plus, he gets to know that spell for the rest of the game. And so many times where people have cast spells, I'm like, okay, can you read that spell to me? Oh, it doesn't say like, you know, undead models. It just says, you know, minus is to hit or, you know, or like the croaks ability where it's like unlimited range and pick D3 units and just do D3 mortal wounds. You know, it just becomes, you know, like, okay, that's nine plus. I stopped that spell. I know for the whole game, that's an amazing. And with both Karos and Lord of Change, they have the ability where, you you know match the lowest dice to the highest dice. So if you roll six and a one, it's really a twelve. You know, and so that's it's 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 amazing with the blue scribe. You know, having the ability of re-rolling all your casting, 
it's it's almost an auto clue where you're really unlikely you're gonna roll double ones twice. You know, so you're, yeah. you you should roll decent, um, and so that's why I take the Lord of Change. He's a phenomenal model. He does a lot of damage. He he's hard to kill with the five aboard save. He has the close combat uh, sword weapon, so he can actually do some damage in combat. And so I really like him a lot. You know, and I feel like he's pointed pretty well for everything he does. And he's a monster, um, and that kind of goes with the battalion. Excuse me, the um, battle traits. The first battle trait that I normally do is the three monsters run. You know, and that will that will be basically the Lord of Change, Carols, and the Change Caster. And the Change Caster, uh, he has a one use ability where he can roll three dice and pick the two highest. And so he's more likely to roll a nine, rolling three dice with um, plus one to casting, and uh, and and dropping the lowest and re-rolling it. So and that will turn him into a monster. Run them all within three inches of each other because you don't really need to go anywhere on turn one, and you get two extra points because three monsters did it together, right? And then you have... Which, which is the metamorphosis spell for anyone who hasn't seen it. Because there's a couple of things that I, I notice people aren't using very often. Metamorphosis is definitely one. Another one is when you kill a monster, you get a victory point. So um, there's a couple of little things in the GURP battle pack you should keep in mind. But uh, metamorphosis, having two guarantees through the Lord of Change and then Kairos and then, you know, because you don't need three monsters. I think I've kind of come into that conclusion. But having two and then being able to cast one reliably... Get let you get that battle tactic, that one battle tactic where you need three, and then everyone else needs two or less. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Karos, I mean, I'll, I'll touch on him. You mentioned him. I've never not played him. Um, I played him since uh, eighth edition. Um, I played AOS one, AOS two, AOS three. He's almost a auto include in every single one of my list. Um, and I've never really not taken him in my siege list, but just to talk, talk and why I take him every time, you know, he has the same profile. So he has, you know, 14 wounds, a four up save bravery, 10 for the healing of D three. Right. Um, he has two decent close combat attacks, um, you know, that are actually decent, not great, but they can definitely do upwards of like eight, nine, 10 wounds. Um, you know, especially if you have plus one to hit in terms of his spell is the real reason why you take him. Of course, he's, he's matching the lowest to the highest when he casts a spell. So roll 2d6, lowest to highest, it's going to go off. And what it is, is, is as long as he hasn't taken any damage, it's just a flat six mortal wounds. And, um, you know, and the thing that people don't really think too much about is the way you place the spawn where, you have to pick the model. The first model your opponent picks is where the spawn gets placed within three inches. And I notice a lot of people will take it from the corner of their unit. And what will happen, especially in a different family, host duplicitous, which I take more often than this family, where you can't flee, you can place that spawn within three inches of that unit. And now only one model in that entire unit can swing back against you. And you just tied up a whole unit, especially if it's like their front line. And you're just like, yeah, I'll place it uh, right there. And your whole army is stuck, especially if you can't fly. And while my army just moves up. And that makes it very difficult to kill five wounds with one model. Um, I like that a lot. Um, or stops what you unleash, do, It stops Unleash Hell. It means they which, can't shoot at the juicy targets. Correct. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go with the Skyfires is you cast the Karos to kill, like, let's say the Lumineth. I, my first opponent, Summer Slaughter, he had three of those crazy, can't target me, flying 24 inches with a 12-inch move. I forgot the name of those guys. The super fast, crazy shooting guys. And then they also had 30 of those bows. Uh, and I just cast Oh, the foxes. It. You're talking Severith and the, uh, yeah, the, the foxes. Yeah, yeah. Severith and two foxes and 30 bows. And I was like, I'm lower drop than you, so I'm going to go first. I did the free six-inch move, and I casted uh, Karos on his archers, killed six of them, and put my spawn 
right there and I just tied him up because he couldn't he would have to shoot him on his first turn and not shoot the things that I want to keep alive uh, so it's a huge deal um, to do that uh, another reason you take him besides the spawn and the spell of course uncheck mutation is d3 mortal wounds and if you kill a model you roll a three plus and do another further d3 but an the main reason why you take him is his ability of screwing up your opponent's game plan he has a one use ability that he can use in the game that basically allows you to, to change the dice roll of yours or your opponents now there's nine different things you can do like hitting wounding charging, casting, dispelling, the damage characteristic. There's nine things, but it's once per game. The thing that makes it so valuable is, again, with these close combat, you know, when you're facing against Gordrek or Archeon or whatever, you know, they charge you and they, you know, they're seven or eight inches away and they roll a 12. And you're like, okay, well, you have plus two to your charge. I'm going to take your six to a one. So it's only a six inch charge, right? You're outside of, you know, seven and it cannot be re-rolled or modified. So even if you had pluses to cast, doesn't matter. It can't be re-rolled. Doesn't matter. So you do you have can't to ask re-roll or re-roll. You cannot can't re-roll or re-roll. So because it's re-rolled, nothing you well, can it's not, do. It doesn't, it do, it's not re-rolled. It's replaced. But the wording of the actual ability says you cannot re-roll it. Yes. So even if you had the ability, yeah. So it really stops your opponent when it comes to charges. It stops your opponent, um, especially if they need to charge and get on an objective. Then you just stop them from getting their battle tactic. If you know they need to kill a character and to get their battle tactic, you stop that. So that way they're always playing behind you. Um, or if you're playing against an Agash and you want to take their their first move and make it a Snake Eyes, if they roll, if he rolls like a one and any other number, you're like, all right, that other number's a one. You miscast. You're done casting this turn. Um, you know, there's just so much variety that Karos can do no matter what AOS version it is, if they keep that same ability to completely destroy your opponent's ability of capturing objectives, points, you know, whatever it might be. It's, it's, it's very, very strong. And so that's why he's like almost an auto include in every one of my list. Um, I like him a lot. I think, I think what, you know, like when you, when you looked at the old change host route, you know, majority of people would just center it around like one Lord of change, a couple of support heroes, and then, you know, all the demons as much as possible. But one of the things that you're noticing, you, I, I couldn't agree with you more with Kairos, is whether it's Kairos and Archeon, they combine really nicely, especially oh, yes. if you want to change one, like Slayer of Kings and just auto-delete something. Mm -hmm. um, things like, things like you got to remember, like, you know, you mentioned the the, the, the more boss, uh, the mega boss on more Crusher, right, as an example. Yeah. Some super buffed up hero. They might have used um, their finest hour, as their mm -hmm. heroic action. They've mm -hmm. cast all these spells to supercharge this hero. They might have used the hero command ability to supercharge them. They have gone full aggressive knowing that they are going to claim a battle tactic, which could be kill. Mm -hmm. And you've set this whole sequence up, and then with one ability, this once-per-game ability, and this is where Bellacor used to be really good as well, with Dark Master, you just kind of like switch it off, and then boom, this whole plan has gone down. You've lost your battle tactic. You have, you know, potentially delayed uh, combat by at least, you know, and then you, sh you, you go back at them. Um, you know, there's so many tools that you could use. I think that's where Kairos really does play nicely in the meta right now, especially when you're trying to deny battle tactics. Um, Cause that's, that's just important. It's not about objectives. It's equally about battle tactics, scoring yourself and denying your opponent, which is why I love redeploy. 
and that you you bring up the the best point because I've done that before where you, you just let your opponent cast a bunch because it's it's giving somebody a bonus and you're just like oh free points I'll get a free casting point because you casted two spells thank you and you know what you're gonna do and with redeploy if you know you're gonna do that and he's three inches away from you you know you're like all right redeploy and let's say you roll a two and now you're only five inches away well if your opponent rolls a one two or three with two of those dice on just one of those dice you know instantly they're not gonna make the charge you know because you can just yeah. take their can't be modified or rerolled, so it's uh it's really impactful with Karos and redeploy and all these different abilities, and that you have you take them. It's 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 amazing. The hardest part is knowing when to use it and and how early or how late. You don't use it too late, then it's a waste, you know. And if you use it too early, then yeah, who knows who's going back to back, you know? And uh, and that's definitely a, a concern. Uh, then we go to the blue scribes. So. Um, naturally people think just because he has to reroll casting is why you take them and and you wouldn't be wrong in the sense of this family of host arcanum because they don't have reroll casting however host duplicitous they do um, but i will still find myself taking a blue scribe or something uh, like the blue scribes like the magister on disc because the reason you do that is because he flies 16 inches right and when you're talking about, you know, as you're maneuvering Zeech, you're not going to go forward towards your opponent because you're going to get, you're going to die. You're going to start to do something where you're going to start killing a side of the table over here. And at the same time, after you kill that table, your whole army is going to start drifting that way while you're holding one more objective than your opponent, sacrificing that one unit that's closer to your opponent's army. And the reason why the, it's so important is while your army's on the one side of the entire table, you're going to need to get to the other side because there's stuff over that you need to hold. And so with Blue Scribe, he's 16 inches. With the cheating dice, you can make it a 6-inch run. So now he's at 22. You summon a unit wholly within 12 inches of him. So now, you know, you're 20, you're, you're 30, what, 4 inches of summoning a whole unit from spellcasting on turn 3 to claim that objective that is held by one character because your opponent thought there's no damn way. You know, and so having a 16 inch move is incredible. And his spell again is reroll casting, goes off in a four. And so if you're playing against an opponent that can't dispel past 30 inches, you just keep that model, you know, th over 30 inches behind them so they can't stop you from getting it off. Maybe that's a good use of your, your twos if you have the cheating dice. You're like, okay, two twos. These are waste. The spell goes off because you're out of range of 30 inches and you can't dispel unless you're playing against uh, Croak or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's a great way. And his bubble is 18 inches of casting, so it's very big and can capture most of your Acolytes or your Karos, your Lord of Change, or your Blue Scribes. You just have to do a little bit of pre-measuring to make sure if you do that six-inch free move, you're not taking yourself out of the bubble of joy um, with the Blue Scribes. And the spell is Fold of Reality. Um, the only reason I put the Fold of Reality in this list is for the free unit of six uh, Screamers that you get on turn one, because you're going to go a little balls to the wall sometimes in the beginning where you're going to fly them up, maybe fly over and do some damage and your opponent's going to get a turn to go after you. And they're going to choose to either do two things, go after your screamers, or they're going to have to go after your things that are actually killing them. Right. And most people go after things that are killing them, but they'll also put something against the screamers, bring them down to, you know, three wounds, two wounds, or even one wound. You fly that model back, you heal them back up to full with full the reality. Um, and because it's such a niche spell, he blue scribe only has one spell. So you only use it in such a very rare situation. Uh, oh, back to Karos. So I'm sorry. He knows. That's right. Good, keep, yeah. going, keep going. He knows all the spells of the Zeech wizards, but only knows their, their main spell. Doesn't know their secondary spells. So the Karos and, will know. And he won't know. If you steal a spell, you're not going to. Kairos no, I would not. Know that uh, Karos well. would not know no. that. Right. And that's no. why I. I um, have it built this way, but Karos knows um, the blue scribes 
reroll casting. So in that case where I need to use Fold of Reality, Keros might cast the reroll casting so that Blue Scribe can use Fold of Reality. Or Keros might cast Bolt of Zeech from the Lord of Change because, not Bolt of Zeech because he can't know that spell. He might cast um, the uh, Ogroid spell of D6 Mortal Wounds because he maybe has taken like, let's say four or five, six, seven, eight wounds. I did my leadership check and I failed it. I rolled 11 or 12 and I need to heal up for the next turn. And my Karos's ability of doing six mortal wounds is not six mortal wounds anymore. It's D6 because I've taken so many wounds. Mm. So I'll take the Ogroid and I'll kill a unit of whatever crap like skinks and I'll kill four or five of them. And I killed five skinks. Well, I heal five wounds. Now my Karos Fate Weaver can do a six mortal wound against something else. And so that's the reason why you take the Ogroid. So now you got to think about what you have. You have well, let's keep going. So now you have the change caster. Can, can I pause you one second? Yeah. Just two, just two things I've been burning about with the with the host arcana, and you've already talked a little bit about one, which is the summoning of six screamers. Yeah. Have you found that's been helpful to explore some of the battle tactics, like being in your opponent's territory? Are you finding them valuable just more for screens? Most of the armies I've, I'm, I've been playing, you know, yeah, so to, to your point, yes. I Even Unleash brother, Hell, like yeah. Unleash Hell, that could, that, could, that could work really nicely too, just a free 100%. unit to kind of go send up. 100%. And yeah, I, I've blocked them off where I had to keep, you know, them within, of course, coherency. And I forgot to even mention earlier, that's one thing I would change with coherency. Please make it six and not five. Yeah, I, I would, I would, like, I would definitely support that. Like the amount of six. units that go incrementally up by threes, and you yes. go from three gorg runners to six gorg runners, three Correct. screeners to six. It's like that incentive. That one model. It's like one please model. just kill one. Just kill one of my models. Yeah. Can I? Can I come in as like under under man, or can I just get like, extra wound? Yeah, I'm, Correct. I would agree. Yeah. It's just it's, it's stupid. It's silly. I, that's the only thing I would just say six. Uh, but going, um, you know. Going forward, um, I forgot where my brain. That's was all right. Let, let, let me ask you the other I question would, next. I, I said there was two things I wanted to ask you. One was about the use of your screamers, just yes, around because I because I, I, I see them as utility pieces, right? You know, yeah. you could be in the backfield. You could use them as a screen. You could bring mm -hmm. them on early. You could bring them on late because there is no particular time. It's just once per battle hero phase. So if you need yeah. them in turn five to to use predator's domain and kind of claim an object, claim a terrain piece, or if you want to, you know, get them in the backfield and then summon something else. You know, there's a lot of utility with that one. Um, and then the other question I was going to ask you about was how impactful is the Thieves of All Things Arcane to you? Because I imagine, you know, being able to, especially like turn one, there are some armies that love to throw down the uh, the bridge or the spell portal. And if you want to get rid of that, having the, the in the first, third, and fifth battle round using uh, an auto unbind for an endless spell could be really powerful. 100%. So we'll touch on the Screamers first because I, I had a brain fart there. Cool. It's 100% right. Sometimes I'll go balls to the wall with the Screamers where I'm going to summon them turn one. I'm going to spin a command dice on the, in the hero phase to give them the rend. I'm going to do reckless abandonment so that each one has four attacks each. And I can charge a giant and all six can get hit even with the coherency because the bases are 40 in. 40 millimeters and you can actually if you measure perfectly and that's why i magnetize them all so i can like bend them and as long as the base doesn't move you can you can make it work it's you can make them hit and they hit because they're you know you put a character nearby that pluses to hit you know now they're hitting on you know threes they're minus one rent d3 damage against monsters it could be damaged or against like my brother i had actually had to play him it was ridiculous and he's a very great player too um 
I used them as screens. I had two, a house and a big mountain. And I'm like, boom, right there. What are you going to do, bro? Like, you're not getting past me. And uh, I'm stupid. I, I didn't even think about it. My brother's playing um, Iron Jaws with, uh, and he was like, yeah, I'm going to charge you. And, and you're, you're charge face. And I was like, oh, damn. And then he bounces like, off the and hell? you. And then bounces off, off like- I was so mad. And my brother's over there smiling. He's like, I got you. And I'm like, this little bastard. And, um, and of course, he goes next, and I'm like, all right, we're going to play Carol's then. And I'm like, you failed your charge. And we did the roll-off, and if he won, he won the game. If I won, I destroyed So it was, yeah, you you can use Screamers to do a whole bunch of stuff. You just got to know who you're playing uh, and what they can do. Um, but I love the utility. Course, like, I, think, I think the yes. key that I wanted to kind of bring out of you, and you've nailed it on the head, like, by the way, like, the amount of passion, I, I think this is becoming one of my favorite shows this year. So, Caleb, you've been an absolute legend, and everyone, even, like, the non-Zench players are just like, I'm I'm now falling in love. You, this was just awesome. as planned. This is just as planned. The, this is It's always been a part of the, the plan, and uh, we welcome we welcome you into the Crystal Labyrinth. Uh, that is the mighty of Zench. But um, it has been a lot of fun. But I think, you know, the Screamers, you know, six, six, six is nothing to laugh at. Like, there's a no. lot of cool things where it is tagging and tying up an opponent, being able to bring it on for a battle tactic to screen, to um, to avoid unleash hell. you got that unit of 30 Sentinels. You know, you might be able to, you know, bring them on the table, use some cheaty dice, your fake dice to get that charge, you know, hit the Sentinels, tie them up a little bit, tag them on the side so you can kind of make them only shoot the, the Sentinels. Um, the utility value for me is why I love uh, this army as a toolbox, and I love that Screamer idea. 100%, and, that, and that's the point of Zeech. Like, that's that's the passion behind it is it can do anything. And 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 when I get over to um, actual the Skyfires is when it just becomes crazy. Um, but to... To your second question, repeat it one more time. The your second question. Oh, you the, the other one. Uh, the other one I was talking about it was the abilities, the thieves of all things arcane. So oh, okay, the, okay. The first, third, yeah. and fifth battle round, you can auto unbind an endless spell. To be quite honest with everyone, with being able to cast in a spell thirteen spells, you almost never need it. But there are certain circumstances where it's really great to have. When you're playing against you know, somebody like um, you know Teclis, where he can cast four spells with a 10 plus, you kind of force him just to do his one spell, and that limits his entire ability. You're like, okay, you could, yeah, you can get your five aboard save, but that's all you get because if you try to cast it with tens, I'm going to instantly dispel it. You know, or against Croak, like, okay, use one of your four. You know, I'm going to stop your first one that kills D3 to all my units, and I'm going to make sure I'm out of range of your 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 ability that can cast three times, and so it's. It is very valuable. And then I remember watching um, um, uh, Vince's channel with Tyler, and he was mentioning the um, the uh, um, Zeech model that um, has Glean Magic, where he he can copy somebody's spell, and if he ever dispels a spell, he gets to cast that spell automatically. And I wasn't thinking about it when he talked about it. I forgot the name of it. Um, it's too, I haven't I'm, having a mind, I'm, I'm having a mind blank, too. It's not, it's not a yeah. changing, is it? It's not. It's... I don't want to get it. That's all right. So, so, so you keep talking. You keep talking. Yeah, it's the it's he has two spell casting, has glean magic where he can it's a 24-inch spell. He can copy somebody's spell and be able to cast it. Uh if he ever dispels a spell, he actually gets to um cast it right away. Right. So if I'm playing against Croak and he casts his unlimited range, you know, spell, um, and a- automatically I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna use my once per, you know, turn one to dispel it, and then I get to cast it during his turn and he can't dispel it. Um I forgot the name. I, I, it's killing me right now. Oh, here it's Curse Lane. 
it's the cursling. Oh, the the cursling. 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 Yeah, it's it's the cursling. And and I have the model fully painted, Christmased up. It looks amazing. And uh, I haven't even played it once. But once I saw Tyler talk about it, I was like, man, you know, and maybe that's what I do with – my list i put them in there because nothing would be funnier than you know copying somebody's spells to learn it or dispelling their spell and being able to cast it and they can't dispel it at all and so it's it's just a it's just a little bit of fine wine when you're playing somebody and just the their thought of maybe they don't want to cast any spells because they're afraid that you're going to copy it right and so now you change their whole game plan maybe their buffs or what it might be um but yeah, it's definitely devastating uh, to an opponent being able to do the first, the third, and the fifth, and knowing you have that extra tool in your belt, and it's there. It's being, just being able to shut down things like you know, like someone's going to th- throw up the breach, for example. Bridge. You know, some of these armies, some of these armies have like a really you know alpha strike turn one. I'm going to do all this one dimensional. Yeah, like like you know, and you can clearly see what they want to do, right? So mm-hmm. it's like boom, no bridge, and it's like right, you've just if they want the bridge, they've got to go the like the honest way, or they, you've delayed them at least a turn, and then you um, do your thing. Correct, and you're right because you have like the dwarf army, the, the iron drakes. They want to go on the bridge and and destroy you. And you're just like, that's not gonna happen, man. Because I'm a, and maybe I don't have the curse. Like maybe I just have acolytes, and I'm just like my acolytes gonna dispel it. They're at the front of the whole thing, and I'm gonna use my acolyte champion. It's dispelled because I'm within 30 inches of them. You know, maybe my characters aren't, and you know, you can use that as well. So it's it's definitely fun. Putting you on the spot before we continue with uh, any any other shenanigans you got. Um, the chat keeps busting my chops about the um, the the, the Warcry Warcry Warband. Is it the Eyes of the Nine? Now I haven't seen many people using Eyes of the Nine, um, and I don't know why. Um, I haven't quite looked at it, so I'm, I'm maybe I'm looking for you some advice. Is this something that you just don't have enough points for? It doesn't have the role in your army. Maybe some secret list tech. Like, where are you at with this under Underworld's Warband? Under so I haven't seen it to be quite honest, and I would love to see it. And you guys are getting me excited because it's something I haven't seen yet. Um, I'm going through my literally my half baked, you know, Games Workshop, you know, War Scroll app that they just came out with, and I don't see it under the War Scrolls for Zeech. Um, oh, the Eyes of Nine. Oh, I see it right here. Yeah, the I Eyes of Nine. I think I think the one thing that interests me, if, and I haven't looked at the points yet, so you know, bear, bear this in mind. But one of the things that I like is that spell there, the, ins- um, the sorceress insight that uh, cast on a five. If you cast it, you receive one extra command point, but the command point can only be spent to use at the double forward to victory or inspiring presence. So, if you need the CP and you you need that forward to victory or you know at the double, cool. Otherwise, it's just kind of, oh, there's another rule. is magic touch. So if this casting roll for a model is double and the cast attempt is successful and not unbound, you can cast one extra spell. If a friendly magister is slain on a two plus, a chaos spawn is set up. Um, and then it's obviously some conditions. So it, where is this? Where is this? It's You said it's the... Um... Oh, no, I'm looking at the the, the hero, the Vortimus, the all-seeing Photos and all seen. Okay, it's not in here, it's so good. I can't actually. It's all good. I think no. the I think the point is like it's okay. I think it's okay. I haven't seen them yeah. in any competitive lists or at least ones that are doing well in the meta. But yeah, I mean, if I'll, you love I'll take it, a look. You do you. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's the best part about this. I mean, play what you love. You know, I remember when I was playing in seventh edition, I loved the Wood Elves. I love the fact that I'm all skirmishing back when everyone's rank and filed. You couldn't see me. I'm shooting you. I'm in the woods. You can't see me. It's it was it was so tactical and so much fun. And uh, do what do what floats your boat. You know, it, it's definitely true. 
would you so that was that was responding to Hades who was asking me a question earlier but then Jonathan was talking about like the under underworld the war cry war bands you know whether it's okay. the iron golems whether it's the untamed beasts have you thought about any of those Not those yet. slaves to darkness cultists because you don't get the cultist battle line stuff that's only for slaves but yeah. they are like 75 80 points 70 points for a, a cheap block of unit that's not battle line but it's a cheap screen yeah i mean if you go back to my list it's um you know the the reason i i kind of hesitate to to change it is what do you take out yeah right if you go to my next thing like the change caster kind of touching him he's an auto include by the way um in my list because of i sent an faq in and the answer answered it said if you roll a nine plus can you keep casting a spell and they said yes. I'm like, oh, this is broken. Okay, this is great. Machine gun, here we go. And so he's a level one caster. But if he makes a nine plus to cast, he gets to cast an extra spell. So like, all right, well, his first spell, it goes off in a nine, and it's uh, pink fire, and it does D6 mortal wounds. And you're like, wait, I rolled a nine plus because I rolled three dice. It's a one-use ability. I I rolled a 10 plus one because of my uh, Lord of Change. So, And uh, you also use the agenda that says if you roll a nine twice, you get plus one to your casting. And so, first one, I just got a nine. Great. Meanwhile, your opponent has no more dispels because you've already went through your Lord of Change, where your Lord of Change is doing his his you know nine mortal you, wounds. You Chaos never try to. You, you almost you, never try to unbind the Lord of Change unless he rolls rubbish and like barely passes like yeah. rolls two threes or two fours because you've like you matched to the lowest with the highest. Like yeah. you just don't try to. You just don't try against Lord of Change. It, but it depends on what you're targeting because, you know, sometimes I'll tell my opponent, like, I'm going to kill your caster, you know, and if you don't stop this, it's, he's dead. And so oh, they know yes, in, that, in, that, in that situation, you don't give them an option, right? And then all of a sudden you're at your 13th casting and you're like, all right, change caster. Here we go. D6 mortal wounds, but it's going in the air because, it, you know, nobody's in range. And then your next spell, you're like, all right, I'm going to become a, a, a monster. You, you have no more dispelling attempts. Uh, you know, you re-roll it. You're like, oh, I got a nine. I got an eight, which is plus one of a nine. Now I got my hidden agenda, right? So now I get plus two to cast. So now all you need to roll is a re-rollable seven, which is very easy to do in my opinion. You know, you just re-roll until you get a re-rollable seven. Yep. Oh, now I'm going to, that unit's going to have plus one of their save. And you're up, oh, re-rollable seven. You're like, all right, my guy's going to have that uh, orb of uh, 12 inch mortal wound. Or if you get within three inches, D3 mortal wounds. You're like, up, oh, I'm going to cast his uh, arcane suggestion. On, uh, it's going to go on the Lord of Change's, you know, weapon. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to do, you know, Soul Scream Shackles out there. And now I, I've casted seven spells, you know, in one turn. And uh, then if you don't need Soul Scream Shackles before you end your hero phase, you just say Lord of Change is going to dispel it because it happened in the hero phase. Mm. You know, and so you're, you have seven from your Change Caster. You got one from your Ogre. You got one from Blue. You got three from Ferris. Karos, you got two from Lord of Change. And you're upwards of 13 spells um 13 plus spells and uh you summon a free unit 10 blues you know and the next turn you keep going you get your pinks and it, it's great you know and if you go back and look at how many mortal wounds lord of change upwards of nine bolt is each upwards of six carol's guaranteed six unchecked mutation d3 change caster d6 ogroy d6 but hills and the amount of mortal wounds to your, to your point yes i don't worry too much about save stacking because i'm going through your save right and then mm. now you get to the acolytes now they have their spell two and they have a natural plus one to cast um that's and it just makes adding rend, right that's just that's just, but it's water. great minus one rend is amazing people people you know lately have been saying oh minus one rend's not that great but it depends on who you're targeting target the person who has the five five up armor save 
or that core that has a five up armor save and start windling down their you know battle line or target whatever their grand strategy is start start targeting that or just put extra damage i'm like all right i'm going to target um archeon first with these 10 dice and then like okay plus one to save you're like okay well the other two units are going to go after something else now because i was just kind of getting you to you you to spend your command dice for fun you know and uh and and i guess for you as well like you know there's a lot of safe stacking and you're right and you're right like when people start looking at rend one yes it, it it's not as valuable against a two up or a three up or yep. you know um a one up armor safe cool but you still come up against four up five up six ups and if you happen to be able to roar on somebody with a monstrous rampage stopping them from using all that defense if you because of your magical supremacy there's a really good chance you can stop people from casting mystic shield all of a sudden then yeah it does make sense because they're not safe stacking nearly as much as other armies would normally do against you know you're really gatekeeping the a lot of that and you've got a lot of tools to bypass it with the mortal wounds so you're right i agree with you and i've said this many times i i don't hate rend one it's different it's valuable but it's situational rend one's going to do nothing against two up blood knights just i mean it's not worth it you know Possibly, because I forgot to mention the Ogroid has Arcane Suggestion uh, as a spell, and that spell is amazing. It's one of my freaking favorite spells in my book. It's a Swiss Army Knife spell, and you can pick three abilities. The first ability is just a flat D3 Mortal Wounds. Eh, it's okay, but it's another D3. Um, the next uh, part of that spell you can pick is you can pick a, a model within 18 inches, and they're minus one to hit and minus one to wound, right? And that is actually very powerful, considering that if you target a demon Zeech um, hero or a unit that's demon within 12 inches of a, a demon Zeech, you're minus one to hit. So now you have opponents who can't even do the plus one to hit because they're always going to be minus one because they're minus two. And they're also minus one to wound. And so now Archeon is, you know, guaranteed minus one, and he's also minus one to wound. You know, it makes them, makes them harder to hit and harder to get his stuff off, no matter who you pick. And then last ability is minus one to their armor save. And so now mm-hmm. you you pick a unit, you're like, up oh, that unit's minus one of the armor save. I'm going to put all three units of 30 Acolytes into them and the Skyfires, and now you kill them. So depending on who you face, maybe it's uh, the big old two-up armor save um, dragon, the new dragon model, whatever he's called. I, whatever, I can't remember all these names. That's right. Uh, you're, you've got Scar and Mufasa, and then you've got like the, the yeah. 8 or 12 um, Storm Drake Guard, depending on uh, how much burninating those Stormcasts want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and you just subtract their armor save, and then you can charge them in with a, a like the Lord of Change fully buffed up three up can't can't give yourself plus one to save, you know, and uh, and, and it's a lot. But we'll talk about the Skyfires. They're my favorite model ever, um, and the reason I like them so much is they're. I remember when I first played, I played um I played eighteen of them, and uh, I love them so much. And I remember I rolled up to Joe Cryer, and uh, he's a friend of mine, and he was like, "Why do you have eighteen? They're not even good." And I just was like, oh, you're going to learn today. Oh, you're going to learn today. <laughs> I'm going to teach you something. And uh, it was it was the most amazing experience. I love him. And um, I remember, because um, the way they work, if you guys don't know, um, they fly 16 inches. They're kind of a glass cannon. So they fly 16 inches. They do have four wounds. So they're kind of tough in that sense, right? But they only have a five-up save, right? Uh, so kind of eh, in terms of, um, you know, the save, but amazing movement, 16. And when I played in the um, Summer Slaughter, I took the um, uh, Beast of Chaos, um, Great Shaman. The, who the, adds, yeah, the Great Brave Shaman. Yeah, he adds three inches to their moves. So now they're 19-inch moves. 
because you know, so, they bray heard keyworded so they, they do tap into some of the beast of chaos stuff yeah now again i have to change some things i have to read that thing that you guys are talking about about the um the beast of chaos versus I'm sh- regular each. i'm sure you know. you, i'm sure you'll make it work if, if course, should that rule right. be should that rule be in play folks so the the fact that caleb's brought in a beast of chaos zengle skyfires as opposed to a disciples of zen chaos skyfires even though they would be one in four coalition. If that is not a loophole that Caleb can horribly exploit, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure your list science could find the ten points somewhere to yeah. go into the legitimate model. Hundred percent. It, it's going to be the it's going to be the shackles. I'll figure out another uh, endless spell or two that I will uh, mess with. Because I'll be honest, all the times I play with shackles, it's good, but it's not like to me game changing. But we'll go over that. But back to the not sky for your, not not for you, not for not, you. Like, not shackles is nice to have for some nice other armies. It is it is important, but not for yeah. you. Yeah, it's nice to have. It's not necessary. But so again, Skyfires, the way they work, they move 16, they shoot 24 inches. They have a one shot each. And uh, they hit on fours, except the champion hits on a three. And they wound on threes. Oh, excuse me, they hit on fours. Yeah, fours and they wound on threes. They're minus one rend and they do D3 damage. However, if they roll a six to hit an unmodified six, it's just a flat D3 mortal wounds. And when you have cheating dice, if you roll lucky, you know, you get like two or three sixes, you're like, you know what? These two are going to be sixes, you know, or these three are going to be sixes, and you just kill a character on turn one while you charge something mm. else. Um, another reason I like them so much is when they attack, as long as I attack you first, which happens unless you have always strikes first, I get to reroll all my hits and I get to reroll all my wounds, right? And rerolling all your hits and wounds is crazy. Now, you'll look at my profile and you go, that's oh, not that great because I only have two bow attacks each. So that's six attacks, and they hit on fives and they wound on fives. Eh. Whatever, but I'm re-rolling, so you're gonna get a few. Then you have the beak attack, which hits on a four, wounds on a um um uh five. five. Eh, yeah, you're gonna do okay. But what really matters is the actual uh disc where it does D3 attacks each, hit on fours, wound on threes, minus one D3 damage. Now, three of them are good, six of them are great, nine of them are crazy. But what makes them also good is reckless abandonment. Right, depending on if I don't want to use it for my skyfires, excuse me, my screamers, I can use it for my skyfires. And now it's three attacks for the bows, two attacks for the beaks, and D three plus one for the discs. And if I'm using arcane suggestion, I make something minus one armor. Now my regular attacks are minus one, and my disc are minus two. Right, and now you're pumping out so much damage. I have I put out 20, 20 something wounds just with three guys, and you know it's. It's very, very strong, and it's very surprising just for three models, um, you know. And so that's why I take them. Really great shooting, good abilities with the cheating dice, very fast, four wounds each, so 12 wounds. You know, they can hit like a hammer. They can clean up a giant uh, if you get them down with a bunch of wounds after you've done, like, 25 mortal wounds. You know, you can finish them off with Skyfires. Yeah, they're not, they're not your primary threat, but they have finished no. them off. To Jonathan's yeah. point, Jonathan um, – so this is this is probably my 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 experience with the uh, the skyfires is you normally see them tag teaming with the enlightened so Correct. they've got two different rules so the skyfires uh, get the re rolls if mm-hmm. if if an enemy hasn't fought in combat Correct. and then the enlightened will get the re rolls if an enemy has fought so you the order of sequence would be skyfires let your opponent fight. Then let your um your your enlightened fight. Although um Caleb, you can't make those battle line because you can't double reinforce them to be a nine because there's no way to make them battle line or a little no, nine was something. Nine was AOS one. I was oh, talking the old one. When yeah, I, yeah, 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 when I, I first came on, I remember them. Yeah, that, that was that was when it was broken. I was just mentioning that somebody told me they weren't good, and I started laughing. Uh, oh no, they, they were reminiscing. Great. They were great. And yeah. then you have like the the little hero on disc. Oh, that's yeah. another thing. Pulse you, you one they hit. 
Yeah. And then fold reality to bring the, you know, you'd have the unit of six or nine, then fold reality, bring them back. Um, and Karos just, can change the dice, and like you roll a one with Karos, you're like, no, 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 it's any dice roll. So that one's a six. So I got six Skyfires back, and you're like, yeah. okay, this is stupid. I quit. You know, it was it was I interesting think, back then. I think in iOS one, Kairos could change the priority roll if I, if I remember correctly. In the very beginning, yes, and then they yeah, kind of very, pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah that's, too, that's like, too much. You know, they're like, yes, yeah. yeah, it's, it's pretty good. But that's why I've taken Kairos since every edition. That ability, it, even AOS two, it's when you can stop a big monster like you know Gordrak from charging because you know he's going to murder your your whole army. You're like, no, no, he fails. You know that is just game changing because you're going to go next. It's game changing. You're going to kill it because he has no more wound protection, you know. And so it's um it's good. And of course, um, Portal is different in uh, AOS three than it is AOS two because now the way Portal works is you pick a model and one portal goes eighteen inches one direction, and then the other portal goes eighteen inches the other direction. So you can actually daisy chain, you know, you know, a model over here, and now your model has like a sixty inch spell. Um, the way it works now uh, versus what it did before. Uh, so that's why I take that. You know, and so and, no, and, and those attack. Um, they're not allies. The Skyfires. We're going to clarify Skyfires. Yeah. We don't. If there's a loophole, we might have exploited. If not, we'll just manipulate the Soul Snare shackles to find a cheaper mm-hmm. endless spell. So, uh, and, and appropriately point them. So, we, like, I, the, the issue, the, the list, and the, the the points don't change slightly. And to be honest, with you, like I said, the the Soul Snare shackles to what you do is not that important. You probably could no. still take. Uh, it's Chronomatic Cogs 45 now, so you could probably still yes, slow down Chronomatic I still take Cogs. Cogs. So you, know? you, you swap that out to Cogs, get an extra spell cast, you know, slow down time, Correct. and boom, you know, you're still playing to your strength. So it's, Correct. you know, should should this be a, a minor error? I'm not too worried about it because it no. doesn't fundamentally change what you're trying to achieve here. Correct. Correct. You know, it's it's been a lot of fun, you know, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to the the next change, the next FAQ that says, you know, what, Caleb, uh, you can't play with your models, so you're going to have to figure something else out. All right, I'll, I'll figure it out. Let's do it. How you do know. you stay positive with Zinch? Because you and probably Lumineth um, and KO, actually, I could probably like, I could keep rattling. Like, you guys always get, like, the Nerf bat. You're always, like – Oh, 100%. Uh, I know, love like, it. Perceived as a bit of an NPE as well, like you know, yeah. especially like you know, pink horrors. People are like, oh, I don't want to play pink horrors, and you love pink horrors. The problem for me is my whole shelf here is full of demon models because that's what I collected in fantasy yeah. battles. Because you only had warriors of chaos or you had mm-hmm. demons of chaos, you never had a, a combined force. It was pure, and I, I would always do, do do demons, and I love the pink horrors. And it kind of got to a point where because I was only playing them casually and the change host was the battalion that I really liked. I actually didn't play with it that much because I didn't mm-hmm. want to be that guy. Despite, yeah. And I, I didn't probably use them nearly as much as I want to. So how do you, you know, stay positive and motivated and excited about Zinch despite? It, it's one of those things to where it's, um, I know Zinch is because of the way the book was made is kind of, in my opinion, the best book. Right, no other book can compare to Zeech, in my personal opinion, because it doesn't matter what they do to the game, Zeech will have some type of answer for it. 
you know, and and that's why I love Zeech. I don't care how much they nerf because you know it could get to a point where they nerf it like, okay, Caleb, your order changes a thousand points. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not taking that model, right? It could get to the point where they just completely kill the army. But I, I, at the point that it's at now, you know, they keep nerfing it every single edition. They keep making the stuff more expensive, um, you know. And the exciting part is finding these things. Like I just figured out the Cursling. I figured out like I, I watched a show. Someone talked about Cursling, and now I'm I'm excited about trying it. You know, he's a level two caster. I'm going to dispel a spell. I'm going to cast that spell in their turn, and they're going to be like, that sucked. And I'm looking forward to that moment um, of just trying something new. So I don't play this army against my friends on friendly play day unless I'm preparing for a tournament like I am for the uh, U.S. Open in New Orleans. Uh, I'll, I'll practice it with them, you know, but I mostly play something fun. And so when you go to the tournament, another reason I like it so much is I get to teach sometimes. You know, you play against these guys, you know, on turn one, two, or three. Uh, when you get to four or five, you're playing against people who know what you do. You, you, I've already played these guys multiple times in multiple years on the top tables in, in, in my area. Um, you know, so, but in the beginning, you're actually able to teach people and you're like, okay, let me explain how my stuff works. This is how it goes. And, um, you know, you're able to give them feedback and coaching and it's enjoyable experience to prepare them when they play somebody else. And so, you know, I don't know. I just, I love it. I love the models. I love the way it works. The casting, the variety, the Swiss army knife ability, the cheating dice, the free shit, the uh, agendas, the battalions, the the grand strategies, the, the books changing, the actual mission. I mean, I played a mission against Marathi. Tw- was it 20? No, it was 15. 15 Bow Snakes. 15 Snakes. Uh, I played what against trick? 10 Coast. No, I played. Okay, so I played against that too. I played against like the hardest people possible in Summer Slot. I can go through the whole thing, but... Uh, James O'Brien, one of the best players on ITC. I think he's ranked like number two or three on overall. I played him, and uh, he had Marathi, fifteen bow snakes, 10, 10 bow snakes, the the Medusa, the spell. He had the you know the whole kit and caboodle, and I got lucky as hell. He kept getting my Lord of Change down to like one wound, and I'm like heal, heal, <laughs> you know. And it, it, it was kind of it was kind of funny, but um, you know seeing these armies and playing them, it's just amazing. And I also played the next game was against Marathi and Gortrak. And the game before that was the the three flying dudes, like I mentioned, of 30 people. Then I played against a giant army too. And then my last game is the game I lost uh, against actually a flesh eater court. Man, it was it was such a surprising how they work, you know, now in AOS three. The Grizzle was it the Grizzle Gore list? Um, it was um it was he, it wasn't Grizzle Gore. It was um um he had uh, five units of three of the Vargais, the the bats. Uh, like and, the old Dead Watch? Yep, he had those. He had a giant, and he also had a turkey. And he had two or three of uh, of the bigger Vargais guys. Um, and what makes it so powerful is when you stand and shoot, you stand and shoot when you're next to each other. And so you're no longer minus two to those dice rolls because you're standing and shooting closer. Um, you know, so he's rolling stand and shoot, you know, two dice, your leadership, two dice, your leadership, two dice, your leadership. And he did roll like Jesus. I will say, um, you know, I've never seen someone roll like Jesus like that in my life. I almost brought the bucket of water, but I said, you know, Caleb, don't do it. Don't do it. I was like, this man, he was, it, was that Sousa. Yeah, it was Sousa. I love him. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the captain of AT, the ITC, all the, yeah, no, sorry, he's great. No, we, the world. Like, yeah. Bill Sousa is like one of the best players uh, that I, I know. I mean, no, he, so was, he, was, no, he was a lot of fun, you know, and uh, but it, it was it was shocking. I kept making faces because it was like, I was like, you just rolled a 12. I was like, you just rolled another 12. You just rolled 11. 
that's another 11. What are you doing? <laughs> it was, it was, it was fun, you know, and uh, I, I enjoyed playing it, but that's the game where I kind of messed up and I put my stuff too far in the corner to gain the plus one of casting. I should have kept it in the middle because I wasted so many turns of not spelling casting because I wasn't within range. And um, that was my, you know, my mistake. So, you know, but now it's just, I enjoy it. I love it. And I look forward to the next challenge. I think it's a counterplay for me with Zench. It's the fact, because that's the type of army I like to play. Uh, and part of my resistance to not taking up Bow Snake Marathi is because I don't like to have a plan going in. I'm someone who really likes to understand the opponent and 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 plan and, and you know, almost like play, you know, like a game of chess, like one piece Correct. at a time. And that's kind of why I don't go that route. And I think that's where Zench plays a really good strength. He's like, right, I've got a, a toolkit. I can summon, I can do magic, I can do all this stuff. And I just do the right thing at the right time. And if I happen to have a very combat-heavy army, I've got answers. If I go have a magic army, I've got answers. If I've got shooting, I've got answers. And I think, you know, Zench, as long as you don't, like, lose, like, your big casters like your bin chicken, um, you're normally in the game. It's like the minute you lose that bin chicken, it's where, like, Carriage and Overlords. And someone mentioned earlier about, you know, KO flying high, dropping down, just, like, shooting it off. Yep. The minute you lose the, the, the Lord of Change, that's where you often find... Zinch collapses. I mean, you've got two, so you've got the Kairos and Lord of Change, mm -hmm. so it's less impactful. Um, but that's really like, especially if you can get them early. And if anyone was watching this, I know very early on people from Lumineth were like, how do I beat Zench? How do I beat Zench? <laughs> you've just got to take down that Lord of Change quickly because, um, yeah, things collapse. Correct. I mean, I will 100% agree with that statement because it is – if you're playing a competitive game, I find the most important part of the game is just talking to your opponent. Can you tell me what your stuff does? And really what you're really asking is, can you tell me how to beat you? And that's really the question. Like, how far can you move? Can you run and shoot? Can you teleport? You know, how far? Okay, you shoot 30, you move five. You have no other abilities to make your range? I'm 36 inches away. You know, and with important key stuff. Or if you're in a terrain that's invisible and it's kind of further up, you're like, all my stuff's in the terrain. You can't see me. And you don't have the uh, the vortex of the rat guys to just sit on all my models. You know, or if you're playing against the vortex, knowing don't put your stuff near each other. Separate those bad boys out. You know, make sure that they can't monopolize and, and just destroy a whole bunch with their free spell in the bottle. You know, or if they shoot you, be cautious of using your plus one to save right away depending on what's shooting you right now if it's if they're unloading their biggest and best thing against one target okay use it there but if they're just hitting with the pot shots first be cautious before you say okay that lord of changes plus one because then he's just going to go Karos is my target you know and and you're absolutely right just asking your opponent how their army works and playing the game and really thinking about measuring uh and movement yeah. you know you, and of course playing your battle tactics KO really teaches you that lesson as well because yeah. the you know you you would you know you might try to screen your opponent right you 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 put you know your battle line here and you put your characters here, um, but when you don't understand like measuring and pre range and like right cool they're going to be outside of nine but a lot of their guns are happening in twelve or eighteen right so really what I need yeah. is to push them out further deploy further inches. back um, and then for example it could be the the pre game move if you can pre you know pre move five inches or six inches all of a sudden now that gap is much further back and you're pushing them out and I think Stormcast are going to re, re, re remind people about the importance of those alpha strike coming in from reserve. Dropping outside of nine, you know, hurricane crossbows, 
some type of like really deadly uh, shooting, some of the re-roll charge shenanigans that they have as well. So they're going to drop down, charge in, re-roll that charge. So um, so really screening and protecting your troops, especially your squishy characters at the back, uh, is going to be very critical. And then how much can you absorb damage? And whether it's going to be through the Acolyte Shields, Pink Horrors, you know, the free Screamers that you can summon on, you're going to need Chaff. Otherwise, they're going to get in and they're going to punch you, and you probably you can't punch hard, um, especially if you lose those key pieces. Absolutely, Neil. I couldn't agree more. All right, I'm going to ask one more question to kind of bring it home. Um, it's a really good one, actually, because the other terror in the meta, your mate Joe Cryer, running around with three or four foxes, four maybe fox, even five baby. at one point. Yep. Yeah, he's got like Severeth and then three foxes, terrorizing people. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my, one of my guests who did the Gargant show uh, was, I think, one of Joe's opponents at a different event. And um, how do you defeat these foxes when they're running around? Is it going to be just mortal wounds from range? or? Mm -hmm. So there's, a, there's multiple ways of doing it. So I, I played against three of them. Um, I decided to go first. Um, and this is where your opponent, if they're not being careful against you, you know, even though you ask you all these questions, I get up my free six-inch uh, move. So what I'll do is it first comes down to deployment. So I'll deploy my three character battalion first, right? And sometimes if people are playing a one drop, two or three, you'll see where some of their key pieces are like a fox, right? And as soon as they place their fox, if they're a five drop, then you're like, okay, my Lord of Change is going to go right there or Karos is going to go right there, right? Or Lord of Change really is going to go right there because Karos needs to do spell in the portal to deal with those 30, um, you know, archers. And so then I'll get my free six inch move with Lord of Change. And now I have Infernal Gateway, and bolt is each to kill one fox, right? Or what you can do is Carol's can then go spell portal, six mortal wounds on your other fox, sky fires, two cheating dice, second fox is dead. I'm going to teleport, then I'm going to summon 10 blue horrors on that objective, and now I hold more objectives than you, boo. I ran all three monsters, and now I'm at six victory points on turn one, and you only have two foxes left. You know, so there's multiple ways of handling it with Zeech, but I do understand the pain of trying to handle it with other people because foxes can be very, I'm going to move all four, you know, right yeah. in front of you. You're go. Okay, you're moving face you're now, 12 inches back, yeah. and now you're stuck. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Like, I understand. So when you're playing the game, I would say you need, if you want to do a tournament, you have to kill giants, number one. They're the gatekeeper army. They're the 4-1 army. You have to be able to kill giants. So build your list to kill giants, number one. Then build your list to, in my opinion, to kill, you know, have an answer for close combat because what will happen, like I mentioned earlier, is close combat armies tend to kill the shooting armies, except for like the Joe Cryer Fox thing, um, which then it only leaves you with the top tier armies, the combat armies, the Lumineth, the the Sil Sylvaneth, not Sylvaneth, the um, Lizardmen, uh, the Zeech. The First off, Sylvaneth players like clip that like that. Literally, there's that one second that Sorry. that Caleb said that you're a top tier army. I love you, Sylvaneth, <laughs> but you're not right now. No, no, you're you'll you, I... <laughs> uh -oh, clip sorry. it, clip it. It's gonna be the best the best video <laughs> in your life. But you're right, yeah. Like you know, combat combat armies. If you can, and I think this kind of when you start going to the top tables, you really start it, low drops. Really becomes important, right? Very important. Um, and, you know, you're going. Yeah, absolutely. Choosing, yes. So when I say yeah, choosing who goes first, right? right. And that kind of comes down to how much threat do you have? You know, can you right. give away uh, the first turn? Because essentially, you're giving away one whole magic phase mm -hmm. that you know people are not going to be in range for magic, or it's going to be very minimal. So, and I think for you especially, you really want to dictate who goes first because. Right. 
if someone gets the drop on you and you know starts shooting off your heroes, it becomes a, a very hard mission to achieve. Correct, hundred percent. Like, and that's I, I'm scared of shooting armies. Like that's what Zeech is scared of, um, and they should be. You know, and and the meta is going a little bit shooting. You know, or deep striking with mortal wounds, and yeah, so long, you know, long range shooting, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like you don't care about handgunners, but what you no. care about is is the bridge that then brings up the iron drakes Correct. who are in now in range. Just goes Correct. pew pew pew. Correct, and, and but we have an answer for that. The spell scroll, you know. So it, it's there's a lot. I highly recommend anyone who's looking to get into a more of a complex army. Uh, something that you know will will honestly stay with them for many many years and will have answers to most things. Zeech is just it's it's the bomb. It's phenomenal. It does take a long time to get really good at it. You will forget a lot of stuff. Just play against friends and um, you know again cheating dice, free shit, agendas, and you get all the other stuff that everyone else gets. So it's it's I just great. Had a, I just had a brain fart and then we're gonna wrap up. Flamers of Zeech. Yeah. Are they good for unleash hell? They can do unleash hell, and it, it works. It's still minus one rend, you know. So you can take, you can double reinforce them because they count as battle line. So you can have nine flamers uh, with fold of reality. That's eighteen wounds because they're two wounds each, and they're minus one to hit and shooting and combat because your Lord of Change is going to stay near them with the minus one uh, to shoot at them and minus one. At. So it's good. The problem is they're they're very expensive uh, for their yeah. points, you know, and so they're good. But that to me, that's more of um, you know, you. You place that to somebody who's competitive, but not extremely competitive. Um, you know, somebody who wants to win, you could try it out. It's it is a lot of fun. It's just I don't think it's good enough right now to do a five and five, five and zero. Oh, because because uh, you got game. them to rent because you got them to rent to at one stage. Like you know when when this book dropped, um, exalted flame. Well, exalted flamers, but also just regular flamers with the exalted hero. That was you know one of these like drop down within twelve, burn, burn, burn. That was a popular build at one point. Um, is mm -hmm. it the it internal conflagration? One of yeah, the sub allegiances so gave you the extra minus one, so it became minus two. It was minus. So the flamers have no rend. So conflagration mm -hmm. gave regular flamers minus one, exalted flamers minus two. Yes, that was so. That's yeah. and 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 you're absolutely right. It, it became very. It became very nasty, and it's still to this day. It's very good. I mean, if you take an all shooting, you know, all your whores are minus one shots, all your flamers are minus one, all your exalted are minus two. You can take your Lord of Change. You can take his eighteen, uh, his eighteen inch shot at two d six threes on threes minus one one damage. I mean, you can pump out a lot of minus ones or minus twos. The problem is with the point cost of AOS three have really kicked that army out of the bucket, and that's kind of what I mentioned earlier. They mm. with the points cost and the coalition and the coalition spells, they've really pigeonholed competitive players to two types of armies with the Zeech book. And um, I really would like them to open it up a little bit more. And I think they will with Beast of Chaos coming out with a new book where I'll be able to take, you know, one out of four and really spice up my army with some different options. No, and uh, I will probably agree with Coach Polito is that this has been amazing. And uh, if you do ask Zinch uh, what their plan is, being the that they see both the past and the future, never the present, um, they will obviously have a very detailed plan for you to very on brand kind of kind of strategy. But Caleb, this has been awesome, man. I've learned so much hearing from you and how you're thinking about the army because um, it is one of my favorite armies. I really do enjoy it. And I do actually, I'm actually, when I saw the, the pink horror changes, I was somebody who was actually really excited. One, sure. as an opponent, because it is quite oppressive. Um, my last game against the pink horrors, I was running Gits. And okay. you can imagine how that went. They were not happy. <laughs> poor, old, 
No idea. It took us a while to chew through those those um, those models, but also as someone who owns 40, bl 40 pink horrors, 60 blues and 60 brims, I really want an opportunity to bring them out the table and still have a really good time. So yeah. um, I know they're competitive, but equally they are, um, they've been toned down a little bit, not, not nearly nerfed like some other models in the game. But is there anything that you want to say, kind of wrap this up? If people want to talk to you and kind of chat more about, about your builds, are you on the socials anywhere? So I, you know, uh, I have three kids. I'm married. Uh, my wife barely lets me out of the house. Um, you know, if you're ever in uh, Maryland, if you ever go to, you know, I'm going to New Orleans. I go to Adepticon almost every year. Um, you know, I go, oh, a big shout out, actually. Um, um, I want to say, if you guys are ever in, you know, PA area, the place I like to go is um, um, Palladium Games. You know, they have, every time it's a smaller tournament, not a ton of space, but if you, you know, win third place or second place, you're getting five or six times, you know, your money and price support, clean atmosphere. It's in Phoenixville, uh, PA. It's an amazing place. Mike D runs a really uh, clean shop. And if you ever had the chance to go to Summer Slaughter, I've never experienced price support like this in my life at Summer Slaughter, where every place got a whole army. I'm watching them. I'm just like, holy crap. There's like... 13 boxes and each set is over three to four hundred dollars i'm watching i'm like and it's so clean so many players so competitive at played in games or you know at summer slaughter and it's such a, a great atmosphere of people and you know so you know i don't do really social media but uh i am on your discord um i am on discord you know people can email me you know it's literally my name at gmail i don't you know <laughs> email me whatever you want i don't care i'll respond um, what about if, if you get a fax number, I can send you a fax. I, I swear, it's literally it's Caleb Walters at Gmail. I don't care. I'll put it out there. You know, <laughs> if you have your question about Zeech or if you want to show me something I'm not thinking about, I would love to see it. Um, does, Zeech has does, been. Does, you know, team, does Team Deadpool mean anything to you? Because people. Oh, oh okay, 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 okay. The entire hold on, hold on, hold on, stream, hold on. I keep getting, I keep yes. getting Team Dead. Deadpool. Let me, let me tell you. Let me tell you. So I'm playing a tournament. It's at uh, Nova Open. And um, you know it's Virginia, and I'm playing against a playing against a guy, and I love him. I I, I love him so much, and uh, he's playing Nurgle, and I'm playing literally, you know, like tons of Skyfires casting. It's the whole kit and caboodle. And during the game, you know, I um I have my dead pile as I'm losing models, and I keep putting them in my dead pile like everyone else would. And he's he's coming, I'm killing him, and all of a sudden. Towards the middle of the end of the game, when like the game, you know, it's over, right? I see him move his models to this way, and I'm like, "Why are you moving your models that way? There's no objectives. There's no models. What the fuck are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm like, all right, whatever." And then I'm like, he goes over, and then he, his turn goes again. He moves, and then he goes, "I'm gonna shoot." I'm like, "What are you shooting?" He goes, "Shoot your model," and I'm just like, "He has no idea. It's my dead pile." And I'm sitting there going, "All right, have fun." You're not arranging anything else. I'm not saying that, but I'm just like, okay, what, what do you hit on? Wouldn't I? All right, I said, all right, cool, cool. So I take my model that's dead already, and I go, he's going back to the dead. I'm going to put it back down. And then and then I'm thinking he's playing around, and he's being funny at this point. Next turn comes. He charges him. I'm like, yo, my heart is beating. I'm like, this is the most hilarious experience of my life. He's charging my dead pile. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, the game's over. Let me be kind of funny, you know. Maybe you know, maybe I'll fold the reality and bring back my dead pile. I'm like, no, I can't be that. I won't do that. I won't do that. So finally, the game ends, and all of his buddies come over to him, and he and and I'm just like, hey man, I just gotta tell you, um, you know how my army's live right here? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's my dead pile. 
if I didn't have the biggest homer, like, oh, it was, it was the most amazing. So they got shirts made, Team Dead Pile. It was, it was, it was glorious. And uh, so you now that's a that's a big meme over here. And uh, I, I had a great time playing, and it was it was it was enjoyable. You know, so Team Dead Pile. My ass off. Oh my god! Yo, I think I think was... I think I need to end it here because I I don't think anything could top Team Dead Pile. Shout out to Team, team Dead, Dead Pile. There you go. But thanks again for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Caleb, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I think as well, you know, folks, if you've listened this long, um, if you haven't, uh, if you're if you're a Zinch player and, you know, if you agree with what we've said, disagree with what we've said, uh, I, if, as Frisbee's saying, I love you, Caleb. I, definitely probably one of the <laughs> highlight shows this year. I've had some really good shows this year. You're certainly in my top five. So uh, appreciate much it. appreciated, much love here. But, you know, let me know. Let us know how you're building your Zench army. You know, are you an Archeon fan? Are you are you running, you know, all the pink still? Have you found some secret list tech in the Flamers? Or, you know, are you bringing Zangor in? Like, how are you, you know, is it time to bring back the Enlightened? I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll, that's the we'll cool thing out. about AOS3. AOS3 yeah. is just like this weird meta that's kind of settling and what we knew about 2E is not necessarily what is in 3E. And then we sit here in Gur, but I don't know if you saw today, they previewed um, the new Underworlds or Warcry. I think it's Underworlds or Warcry, and it's all very spidery kind of under, under oh, a cave. Cool. So okay. it's a very cool video, but the question oh. begs, what's coming next? Is there, are, are we about to move into... Ulgu. Are we about to move into the caves of Shimon? Like, who knows how long we're going to be here and how does that then change lists, incentives, game structure? And then we're back to square one, kind of like list teching and discussing and, you know, unpacking the army. So uh, I indeed love you, uh, Caleb, and, you know, Deadpile 2022. You make a shirt, I feel like I need at least a sticker. <laughs> no, I got you. No, it's, it's good. I appreciate this. All right, well, wait, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to go um, make yourself a coffee. Thank you very much, Caleb. If you enjoyed the show, like, subscribe, hashtag best, best video ever. Uh, changer of ways. Enjoy the rest of your night or day in the Crystal Palace or the Labyrinth. Actually, you're a Labyrinth. You're the Crystal Labyrinth. It's, it's yep. Slanesh that has the palace. There you go. Nine ways to die. Here we go. Have a good one. <laughs> See you, folks. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigma conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.